Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Chris with episode 30 of Should I Play That? And we have a full house tonight. I am excited. I sort, I sort of feel like this is like season two because, you know, we you know we have a full house. We, you know, we're, we're, we're back to doing topics at the end of the episodes. Um, so we're going to just jump right into it. So we got Rod in the house. What's going on, Rod? You know... Not only do we have a full house, we are celebrating our dirty 30s with two of the most, probably the people who have been on the show the most often, I would say, who are the, you know, closest, you know, to the podcast. I, I would say I am very excited to have these guys on, you know, Chris, I, let's, let's go ahead and, and, and roll out that carpet for them. All right. So first up, we got, we got you know. I, I should I play that faithful? We got James in the building. What's going on, James? What's up, everybody? Vault King Jay Green here, back again, once again. And today, people, today, episode thirty. Let's get it. Nice, nice. And we also have Game Master Herb. How's it going, man? It's good, man. Nice to be here once again. Much, much pleasure always. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity and it's nice to sit down with gamers and actually talk about stuff instead of yelling over everything you know (laughs) (laughs) we're not yelling today and 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 that's and that's like the the you know the feel that i like to have on the show is like you know we're we're sitting by like a campfire we're just reminiscing on games having fun no 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 arguments no like you know back and forth like it's more or less like we're just here to like just have fun and just talk about video games like there's no no fanboy wars, you know we're we're past that stage. You know, we're in the dirty dirty thirties right now. <laughs> we're a little bit more you know sophisticated than that. We grown now. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, um, just going around the room, like everybody, like what's what's new, what's going on? James, um, <laughs> <I> hurt. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's nice to be able to just kind of settle in for a while because it's been a, a busy couple of weeks for me in between the whole hurricane thing and then vacation before that. So I've been traveling a lot, but settled in to my house. Got a, a nice little game I'll talk about in a little bit. It's okay. been a, how, how'd the hurricane treat you, man? Honestly, we did we did fantastic uh, in comparison to like the people in the uh, in the Bahamas. Thoughts with them. That's wild. Um, sure. We got out very, very blessed. Lucky, I would say. Not too much damage. Matthew was a lot worse to us, so this was this was a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right, and Herb, what's new, man? Uh, so I, I definitely want to touch on that as well. Um, I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and I grew up with hurricanes as a regular part of life every year. And um, sometimes, you know, it's not so bad, but other times it's like scary. And Shit can be over. Shit can just change all in a moment, you know. So um, definitely thoughts for the Bahamas and all the islands down there. They deal with it every single year. Miami gets a lot of it, but the islands have it worse. There's nowhere to go if you're not wealthy, if you don't have your own plane or boat. I mean, you're kind of like, that's it. You know, you just got to deal with it. You got to hunker down. Mm-hmm. Um, so thoughts for that. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I've got um, two weekly arcades going right now and a couple monthly ones coming up next week i have a thing called bullshit fest um <laughs> i know perfect. right <laughs> perfect yeah uh they've got a bunch of djs a bunch of vendors i'm gonna have my arcade there it is at the murphy park fairgrounds um i'm pretty excited for that uh i'm spending time with my hubbies i am 
playing games, of course. I've been streaming like double time this past two weeks. I usually do only two streams a week on Twitch, and this past two weeks it's been four a week because I'm just like, I don't know, I'm enjoying myself, so I figure I'll just run with it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, things are good. Uh, gaming is always spending time with good people, trying to enjoy the last little bits of summer before I have to put a hoodie on, you know. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're what are, the, what are they calling it now? It's like um, like I think we got hit with like false fall like a week or two ago. <laughs> yeah. False. <laughs> yeah, and and now we're back in like you know uh you know summer part two electric boogaloo. So you know I'm I'm just ready to like you know bust out the hoodies and just you know be able to like enjoy outside because right now fuck outside like it's it is not fun being outside right now. It feels good. I think it feels good tonight, but I but in in general lately, yes. Yeah, it's been a little. Yeah, it's been pretty hot outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but but Rod, what about you, man? I'm drowning in video games. <laughs> you know, it, it it sounds like oh wow, you know, first world problems, and you wouldn't be wrong. But at the same time, it's 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 overwhelming. We are in mid-September, and I feel like True. I, it, trying to plan out what I'm going to play next is like a second job at this point. It, you know, it's it's not even obtaining the games. It's like just finding the time to actually play them. Um, you know what's funny about that is that like behind the scenes, like we sort of like made that list of like, you know, what we're going to be playing, what we're going to be covering. Mm-hmm. But to tell you the truth, like things are popping up that are taking my attention. Like I haven't even been able to touch the games I wanted to touch right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I I'm going out and, you know, doing life things <laughs> and trying to fit in, you know, gaming time with every, all, you know, all the social obligations and, and work and life obligations. It's just, it's very difficult, but you know, we get through it and, uh, you know, make a good show out of it. So exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris? What's going on with you? Oh, hey, man. Same old, same old. Like, you know, just, you know, working hard. Uh, like, it, it feels like, you know, it's like the calm before the storm, like, with my two jobs. So I'm enjoying the time that I have right now, like, playing video games, because I know, you know, in, like, a month or two, I'm going to be just swamped with work. So, you know, I'm, in, I'm definitely enjoying this time of, like, being able to bust through a couple of games and having, like, a lengthy list for these episodes but yeah and in, in a couple of weeks you know it's it's i don't know it's gonna be a little different but i'm excited you know things are good things are you know i i am blessed right now you know being able to talk to you guys about video games every week uh just you know being able to do this stuff like i'm i'm in a happy place right now that's the best thing that's the best way to start this episode man i love it <laughs> dude same i feel like you know we all have ups and downs in our life and peaks and valleys, you know, it's it right now. I definitely feel, um, I don't know. I don't know if peak is the right word because <laughs> that, <laughs> that implies that it's about to go down, but, um, I, I feel pretty, I feel pretty damn good right now. Like, like, I don't know, just, just in my own personal life, like not counting the rest of the world, not counting anything that's going on. Cause there's always something going on. Just like how I feel about things, how things are going, you know, personal business, whatever, like, Things are pretty damn good. Like I can't complain, um, and that feels good. So nice. I'm with you. Nice. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into uh, a section that we call "What You've Been Playing." So if, the fir- if this is the first time you've ever listened to the show, welcome. You know, this is should I play that? It's a great show. Um, definitely, uh, you know, like us on social media on our pages. Uh, should I play that? We're on Facebook, 
uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, you know, just hit us up, just, you know, follow and subscribe. We have more content on the way, but um, we have a, I think this might be like, you know, what you've been playing part two, because I feel like this, at this, this little chunk that, you know, we're about to jump into, we have some big games on this list. Um, we have, you know, a, a nice, like, varied list of games that we're going to talk about this week, but I'm excited. Uh, we have some news later on in the episode. Uh, GameStop, still in the news. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Yes. We're going to talk about the Tokyo Game Show. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to jump into our topic. Uh, and it's going to be about music and video games. You know, what it means to us and what's our favorite soundtracks. So... With that, we're going to go ahead and start with our What You've Been Playing. And James, we are excited to have you back to talk about this game. James, What You've Been Playing. All right. So I got, I know I mentioned one big one. I'm going to scan over two quick ones real quick because I have played these. I don't want to leave them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so not Gears of War 5, but Gears of War 4. Hmm. Uh, I have Game Pass Ultimate. And then I realized I was getting the game whether I wanted it or not. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, let's go ahead and get ready." <laughs> catch up, yeah, catch up, right? Because I haven't, I haven't played Gears since three. I missed Judgment. Um, I think that's the only thing that's been out between then and four, right? Three, mm-hmm. Judgment, four. Yeah, that's right. And now yeah. five. Okay, mm-hmm. you didn't miss too much of Judgment. Oh okay. well, there, there was the pop game, but you know. Oh my oh. God, is that out? I thought it was coming to phones or something. Yeah, I think it out. is on phones. Yeah, one of the best E3 announcements. Period. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've I jumped into four because I wanted to catch up for five. Um, I have. I don't think I've gotten too far. I've established what the new threat is. Um, and I'm actually on the way to one of their nests right now. I don't want to spoil too much of the game. If you haven't played Gears of War four. Um, I have not. So is it Locust still? Doesn't see it seems like it, but not really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like like a destiny approach. How it's like the um how it's the Vex and then it's the uh the taken. Oh right. That kind okay. of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um but uh getting to know the new characters and they're okay so far. Uh JD is the son of Marcus Phoenix. Spoilers, Marcus Phoenix is in the game. It's <laughs> like a three year old game by now. It's Kings of War. He has to be in it. It's guaranteed. Um, and then there is this other, this new character. Her name is Kate. I feel like she is, she's the protagonist of five. So apparently she's going to have a role to play in four. But um, I just kind of taken the trip through. And honestly, it just feels like more gears. Uh, cover system has been, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'd say tweaked. Tweaked to make things a bit more fluid. Um, vaulting over cover is a lot better now. You kick enemies in the face. Um, Lance just feels like amazing to just chop through things. A few mm. new weapons, but it seems like in four they really focused on a horde mode aspect in the single player. It how does that work in the single um, player? So they have these boxes called fabricators, and um, it's pretty much what it sounds like. You can make weapons, you can make defenses, mm-hmm. and um, like the first mission is we're we're breaking into this base this cog base to get a fabricator for our camp. And we end up bringing the, uh, the fabricator back to the camp. The camp gets attacked. So of course you have to defend the camp and all the people. Hmm. And that's when it throws you into that horrid mode, the tower defense kind of feel. Right. Right. Like spin points here, set up turrets, set up flooring, that kind of thing, or just pick new weapons. Hmm. 
And personally, I'm not a huge fan of horde modes in general. So it's okay. I can see why people would enjoy it. It still feels great for gears. The gunplay is still solid. Uh, mm-hmm. The weapons feel the same. Still got the lancer. Still got the uh, the long shot, the sticky grenade, incendiary grenades, all that. Yeah. See, uh, four gears four and five are, are games I intend to to go to eventually, and and that actually I didn't know that they incorporated the horde stuff into the narrative. Like that, that's actually really appealing to me because uh, the the horde mode in gears is probably one of my favorite ones that's ever. That's been probably why they went that route. Ah, okay. Because I know a lot of folks did enjoy horde mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I like trudging through hallways, gunning down enemies, which is how it is. Right, that's, right. This is my style of play. But um, so far, I'm enjoying it. If I can ever tear away from my third game, I will definitely get back into it. But um, <laughs> I will be locked in for a while with this, I can tell already. And um, game number two, this one I literally just started yesterday over again. I feel like it was finally time. In honor of our boy Ash Ketchum, <laughs> finally <laughs> busting out that championship win. I've decided to take my trip to Alola, uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun, got for my 3DS. Cool. Yeah. Um, went with Rowlet as my starter. He is the the grass type owl. So so far he seems pretty cool. He's a physical attacker, so he's just kind of busting through a lot of the early game enemies. A little slow, but besides that, cool mon. Um, honestly, I'm just trying to see what else is going on in the Lola. I've seen a few of the new Pokemon. I got to get me a Rockruff. Is that the Sun and the Moon? Is that the one with the Mega Evolution? This is the one with uh, the Z moves. I think, I think it still has Mega Evolution, but Mega Evolution came about in X and Y first. Okay, yeah. I played yeah. that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the game in the opening sequence. I feel like it'll get better, but it's super yeah. handholdy and mm-hmm. really slow. Mm. Yeah, that's how I feel about uh, modern Pokemon in general. I, I, I think the core game is still there, and it's good and they've added on a lot of things but i feel like it's like just let me play dude you know yeah it won't let me just play i'll yeah. have a battle and then 20 minutes of story and then another battle and then they'll heal me and then 15 more minutes of story <sighs> yeah but, um, that's, that's yeah that's the most of the game it's like is um, there, is all of it like this well not all of it like it's gonna open up at um pretty soon um, but like, I feel like the the beginning of that game in particular, it is like you know, they're they're it's like a heavy tutorial. Even though we've been playing Pokemon for you know what twenty years 20 now, plus years, yeah. yeah but I mean, right. they they're they're really heavy on like you know bringing in new people, so introducing the new people to like what the you know world's about. But yeah, like you know, I'm like just just be ready of you know fighting uh, about to fight your rival. He's gonna heal you instead of just jumping you right outside of a cave. Yeah, I noticed that. She's like, "Oh, <laughs> let me make sure you're good first. Top it off. <laughs> oh, wow. Fight. And I'm like, "All right, you should have let me get weak if you wanted a fair fight." And it's cool, yeah. though. But um, I'm looking forward to catching some more mons, taking the trip through Alola, becoming the the next champion, and I just hope that they tone that down a bit for Sword and Shield. I feel like they won't because I feel like it's getting worse the further on in the series we go. But um. Game Freak, if you're listening and it's not too late, options, difficulty slider, something. See, yeah, I that's I'd a good way to that. put it. Yeah, like I'd difficulty slider, yeah. Um, I say, and if I'd, I say I'd, I know what the map is, don't tell me what the map is. Yeah, 
I say that'd be cool, but then at the same time, I'd love for them to like flesh out the post game. Like give give me like you know battle tower. Give me like a bunch of like extra things to do instead but I've heard of that they do that in Ultra Sun, don't they? Because mm. like, I've heard red and blue are there. I heard you can fight fight like other champions. Yeah, yeah, they do have that that battle tower. But like, I don't know. Like, I I I think I was spoiled with. I think which game was it that had like a really fleshed out post game? I think it was like Emerald, Emerald, um, Mega Ruby, uh, Alpha Sapphire. Like both of those had like really deep post games. Did they so, have Battle Frontier? Was that theirs? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's why Battle Frontier, uh, like Battle uh, Tower and stuff. I may be biased because I've I've played maybe the fewest amount of Pokemon games in this room right now. No, but, same man, same. But, I, l- yeah, <laughs> like the the post game for Gold and Silver was like the coolest thing to me as a kid. Like mm-hmm. like being able to just complete that region and then it's like you think you're done, or maybe you might go to like the uh, some cave to catch Mewtwo or whatever new Pokemon was out. Like instead, you know, Professor Oak is like, hey, um, you should go to Kanto. Um, you know the the place from the first game, and I don't know why. Like that was amazing, and it would be like new. Like the world had progressed. Like there was obviously like time had passed between the original right. game and Gold and Silver, mm-hmm. and so like it was it was clear that when you went to the revisited these places, it was like the same people, but they but things were like just slightly different. So it didn't feel like a total retread. I I remember that just blowing my mind, and I, I haven't felt like have any of the games done anything like that since. Just the remakes, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Okay, interesting. Okay. I feel like they should. I feel like they should do that for Ultra Sun. I don't think they do, but they've mentioned Kanto multiple times in just the opening sequence. Okay, like even I, check the globe and he's like, "Huh, this isn't too far from Kanto." Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I feel like the the whole mythology behind Red it just fascinates the hell out of me. He shows um, up in the game too. So, yeah, like this mute kid who has like well he's i guess he's not even a kid anymore right he's like a young adult um you know he's just like this this mysterious figure who owns all these kick-ass pokemon is like a hermit you know he's left his town at (laughs) at the age of 10 um and like i don't know it's just so cool that they continually reference him and in i i think i brought this up in a prior show maybe one of our earliest ones but like with pokemon let's go pikachu and eevee I it, it, the timeline is so weird because it's like certain things clearly have happened in the past in that game. Like Kanto in Red and Blue is not the exact same one, but the same things are happening in Let's Go. Like um uh the Saffron uh what is it? What's in Saffron? What uh, that uh, it's Safari Zone? Yes, yeah, or oh, not no, Safari no, no. Zone. Wait, no, but that's... The, Whatever, something, Team Rocket's Silk, doing Silk, something. Yeah, Silph Code. Rocket Corner, the game yeah, corner. Yeah, yes, yes, the game corner. So okay. The game, so so they, they have, like, they're acting like it's being discovered for the first time. And people in town, like, after you infiltrate it and, like, eliminate it, people are like, wow, I can't believe, like, there was a Team Rocket underground place here. Yet Blue exists in this world as Blue. Like, and Professor Oak acknowledges that, like, yeah, my asshole grandkid, like, did go to the Pokemon League and, like, <laughs> succeed for five minutes before Red destroyed him. Um, so, I don't know. It's really, that's something, that's a random aside, something that's always bugged me about Let's Go. I, I like Let's Go a whole lot, but that really bugged me. And I didn't know if you guys had any more insight about timelines. 
apparently yeah. that that co- comes into some type of um story beats in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Oh, really? Like okay. different timeline, different dimensions, or something like that. Okay, please return to the show so we can discuss this further. <laughs> yeah, when, when I get through, I'll, when I finish my journey, I will come back and talk about how it became the very best. <laughs> <laughs> like no one was ever was. Okay, gotcha. Never. Gotcha. I feel like the Let's Go games were really just kind of like for the people that remember yellow, red, and blue, and then for a new generation, but like totally, I think it was kind of just like a here's something that tied you over until we get like the real next Pokemon out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, sometimes a good gap filler is what you need, and I mean, a lot of people like it. I mean, we got it like first day because my hubby wanted to play it and like i like pokemon but i'm not that's 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 one of those games where it's like your life has to be pretty devoted to it and i have a hard time with games like that like you know what i mean yeah yeah it was sure. definitely easier back in the day when you had less options oh yeah well well that and, <laughs> and just like what you know I, I don't know it, it always made pokemon was always like a road trip game for me like that's the game that you take in the car, in the car. with like Right, with your friend or like with your sibling and you know, you're you're in this car and like you're on this whole trip and you end up playing the game like together. Like we used to pass it back and forth and just like catch stuff and you know it, it was just like it was it was a whole thing. It was like a like like Pokemon is like a journey game. Like I don't know if I could just drop into that at any time. I don't know. Right. See, I like with the original like red, blue, yellow, I I'm like I'm so much of a Pokemon nerd. I'd be I'd like dedicate like a like a weekend I'm like hey you know what i'm just gonna reset the game and just finish the game in a weekend and <laughs> awesome. like get back to how it was but this time i'll just do a different starter or something like that so mm-hmm. like red blue and yellow like i could you know burn through that game within like a couple of hours now it feels like so cool. yeah man good times yeah for sure all right james you said you had your big third game <laughs> ironically the third uh borderlands <laughs> three Woot. Is my is my third game. Um, I know it's been in the news lately for some some issues technically, and uh, I want to say that I am not dealing with any of those. Thank God. <laughs> you mean That's... your PlayStation Four has not taken off yet, and it's not taking flight? Can you hear it now? <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> oh, all right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm staring at Amara right now. She's ready to get back into action. But um, <laughs> Borderlands Three launched uh, Friday, and I've been playing it all weekend. Um, currently level 26? Yeah. Level 26, Amaru, who is the Siren character, playing that melee playstyle, so that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I jumped back into the beginning one more time to start out with Moe's. I'm trying to go with the, the characters I'm not the most excited for first. Mm-hmm. Just to see what they can offer me. And honestly, I'm, I'm surprised. I've, uh, they've done a really good job with these characters so far. Because that was my issue with some Borderlands in the past. Some playstyles I just wasn't interested in. Characters just didn't seem like they were fun skill sets. Uh, I never played okay. the Gunzerker because that was just boring to me. Dual mm-hmm. wield, the end. So but here you're just, you just have like more of a variety. Yeah. Okay. And everybody feels different. Mm-hmm. They feel like they they actually have playstyles that they should play and they can't play. So I mean, can you give me an example of like what is available? Okay, so for example, Amara, she is the Siren, so she is our Mage class, deals a lot with elemental damage, but she also plays the role of a melee character, which is interesting, because typically Mages are more like standoffish, but she will run into any kind of fight. Um, her skills deal with damage reduction, uh, health regen, um, 
Let me see. Increased damage the closer you are to an enemy. It'd be that gun or melee. Uh, her melee attack now buffs her, her action skill, which now at three of. So she can either do a, um, a ground pound, uh, this air laser beam, or um, astral projection, where she does like a, basically she's like a clone of herself out and it does elemental damage. Mm-hmm. And uh, with this, with these kind of skill trees, it lets you do a lot of customization. So you can have um, buffs from one skill tree that'll help buff your action skill from another skill tree. And then I can change the element of my attacks. So her base element is electricity. But I can change that to corrosive damage. I can change that to, um, I believe it's flame damage. I haven't used that tree yet. Okay, so those those have returned then from previous games. Yes. The, okay, okay. All the elements are there from previous games with the addition of radiation, I think, is the new one. The only new one. There's cryo. There's uh, incendiary. There are shock rounds. There's corrosive rounds. Yeah, and then there's um, radiation. I have not seen slag yet. If you guys remember slag from Borderlands Two, I do. Yeah, I yeah. Basically, the debuff element. You would spray enemies like that, and it took increased damage. I don't. I haven't run across one of those yet. I don't think it's in the game anymore. It's cool though, because slag was pretty op in Borderlands Two. But um, man, where do I say? Well, how's the how's the um the new antagonist? The new antagonists are interesting. I'm actually reaching a point in the story where things are starting to the the dynamic between them is starting to shift. Okay. So this is this is I was gonna kind of wait to get into this because I was this is the thing I'm, I'm the most curious about. So James, you you may or may not know. Like we we've talked about this on the show before, maybe with you. Um, but so the I, I like playing Borderlands. I like playing the game. <laughs> um, the writing is not something that appeals to me, at least in the pr- in the past games. But with this third one, they've they've been out there. The producers have been out there talking about how, like, hey, we want to make a lot of the uh, the narrative and the writing kind of wrap around in a way that makes the obnoxiousness a little more uh, uh, directed in a way. Um, is is that does that work or is this more of the same like more of what one and two were if i remember correctly you made it seem like in two they were just kind of being ridiculous for the sake of ridiculousness mm-hmm. and at a I certain point yeah still, yeah <laughs> i guess you could say that this is a bit more focused claptrap is still here i know you still oh, no. hate him oh no he is <laughs> he is a little less He's not as prevalent in this game. Really? Like okay. He has his own cabin in the um in the ship, and he pretty much stays there. <laughs> okay, interesting. There, I, want, I wonder if that is a choice, like a deliberate choice by them, or if it's something else. I mean, you still you still meet him immediately upon starting the game. You get off the bus, and there's Claptrap. Mm. So you go through that whole mission with him. He gets into his Claptrap shenanigans. And then you you help him out a couple times, and then he's pretty much onto the ship for the rest of the game. Hmm. At least so far. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I enjoy the writing. Mm-hmm. I think that they're doing this really well. You know, Borderlands is always about that pop culture, those references, right. and making fun of the times that we're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these two, the villains, we'll take back on that. They are live streamers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, they're straight up just live streamers. Um. Like they kill somebody and then they made a meme of it and they play it in your face. Doesn't say they're like, you know, a Borderlands version of Jake Paul. 
If we're going to go that route, then we can go that route. <laughs> Insert your favorite annoying internet celebrity here, and that's yep. pretty much where it was. Jacob Rosenthal. Like, there was, there was a side mission I completed recently where this guy's like, I've pledged my soul to some demon, blah, 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 blah. But social media stars is where I draw the line. <laughs> what? Like, it was that serious. He's like, wow. those Calypso twins is where I draw the line. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's funny that... Uh, it's funny that like people are making fun of that like that's a thing now mm-hmm. um like I, I i can't think of anybody specific but there's definitely profiles i've come across on instagram where people are like you know oh i'm not a social insta fluer i'm not like a i'm not like a insta fluer. You know, <laughs> right right i'm not i'm not like into like you know being this personality but then you know the thing that they're really into is kind of just like you know just drooling all over people who do exactly that um, so that's funny that that joke's in there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, cool. That's cool. They went heavily into it. It's it's good. Like you take down broadcast towers, and it's basically them. Their live streams. Nice. Like that kind of stuff. They're good at staying relevant with those games. They they're they're real real sharp, real clever. Right. But but I, but I feel what you I feel what you mean on on the writing though. Like it's not always. Sometimes it's just kind of like a vehicle to get you from one you know thing to another. Uh, but I think that's kind of how games like that go. Like Far Cry or like. You know, uh, something open world and first person like that. Like, there's just going to be points where it's not necessarily interesting. There's just almost like a big hat that the, that the devs are pulling out from, like pulling all these one-liners and jokes out of. And it's just like, well, this one can be right here, and this one can be right there. You know? <laughs> yeah, but this, yeah. Feels, this feels a bit more directed this time around. Cool, See, cool. Feel, so that, that feels good. I was gonna say, I feel like Borderlands always has, like, to me, the humor is always like. That type of like Comedy Central, like let's <laughs> yeah. be as let's be as like crass or like let's try and like you know dance on the line mm-hmm. the whole time. So right, right. Know. Borderlands is Comedy Central, and Far Cry is like the Discovery Channel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, they're they're a bit better with it this time around, I think personally. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even there's like a there's a line where you get the catcher ride, and Ellie comes over to Horn and she's like. Hot Wheels for that guy or girl, whoever they into, we don't judge. And I was like, good. Stuff like that. Just to like, that's that's what people are looking for nowadays, inclusion. And they're all about that in this game. Cool. Like, that's, you get hit on whether good. you're male or female by everybody. It just is what it is. Cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, But also, I think some of the best writing, honestly, comes from the side quests. I've been having a lot of fun just jumping off and seeing what else comes out of the story, picking up echo logs and actually listening this time. <laughs> like, just, I, it's a fantastic experience. And I haven't even gotten to play the other characters that I want to play yet. Sorry, and I'm going to have like at least four more playthroughs of this game, not counting Vault Hunter mode, because everybody's getting the 50. I've already decided. I've heard, so with the other games, like people have complained before about how there's not enough uh, change in scenery. But in this one, uh, there was a, a, con- a concerted effort to make sure that, that, that Gearbox was letting players know, like, hey, you get to go to tons of different places and environments. Uh, does that mm-hmm. hold true in the game? Very much so. By the time you get that ship, you get off of Pandora, you don't have to come back. Um, I've been to what they call them, to the Atlas HQ. I've been to Hyperion HQ, and those are some of the brand makers of the guns in the game. So you visit different planets, and then you get to interact with the CEOs of these companies. Mm-hmm. 
And that kind of ties into the narrative of them sending you guns in the mail. So if you get so many certain kills, you get a gun from that store. But um, I'm currently on a swamp planet now. Uh, there's been the conglomerate city. Um, we've done the the outskirts of like a war-torn mm-hmm. planet that's been under siege. So I'm kind of curious to see where we go from next. But I've already been inside a vault. So there's more of those. This, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of variety. And the maps are huge. I was just yeah. thinking, so with the gun companies sending you like free guns in the mail, do they make any reference of like being sponsored or something like that? Like how people are, you know, influencers now and they get mm-hmm. sent things. Do they do they actually they make do, like a Yeah, they die. actually make references for that. Oh, okay. That's that's clever. I like that. Like you can make a hundred kills with a Jacobs, you'll get more Jacobs guns, sending with all the other ones. And Jacobs seem to be my favorite brand right now because I've just been they just feel so good. That's the other thing, man. The gunplay, just moment to moment gameplay, feels so good. Yeah, like that's 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 the thing for me with Borderlands, and that's what's ultimately going to get me to play it eventually. Is because uh, I do plan on picking it up. Is that like the the gunplay does feel really good, um, and and the amount and variety of weapons that you receive is so constant um, and and so varied that like you never really get bored with it, that. And it even goes down to the animations. Like, yeah, every gun feels different between how right. you fire it, how you reload it, the different scopes you use. Yeah, like, it, it, I, I find that that series does have a good sense of progression in giving the player just enough, uh, you know, that they, they get that that 30 second hit like every time, you know, just have that dopamine of like, oh, man, I got this awesome yeah. gun, this cool skin or whatever. Like, you know, I'm going to check this out and oh, what's that? Like it, it happens so often and, and it's good. That's that's really good. And that's pretty much what I've been riding the last the last few days now. Nice. A, a dopamine high of crits. <laughs> <laughs> How far in are you, like, hours-wise? Uh, you know what? Let me check. I don't know if it has, like, a play count on here. I do not know. I'm yeah, halfway I'm... through the level cap, so... Okay, okay. So it's a pretty, would you say, maybe about same similar length um, so far? Yeah. The other games? Okay. I would say so. People have been saying about 30 hours for th- through the campaign. Okay, that's good. Know. But I was taking my time right. with it, so it might be like 30 to 40 for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see a time clock on here, which is odd. Now that this is the official, like, next, well, current-gen version of a Borderlands title, do you get the load screens in between worlds, or is it seamless? No, load screens are there. Oh, they are there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I actually did not know that. Huh. So I guess they must have packed in just so much shit in the in those areas if there is actually loading in between. Mm-hmm. It's not stupid long. I'm playing on a pro, so take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I mean they're there. You sit back, you read a couple of quick tips, and then you're in the game. Okay, but they're not so egregious that like you're always on a loading screen. Okay, I did I did notice that as going when I, when I was going through Borderlands Two, like I mm-hmm. forgot how much loading there was in that game. Yeah. Um. If if anything, my only complaints are on the technical side of things. Okay. Of course, you know it's 2019. Games don't always come out optimized the way they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first initial load for Borderlands took quite a while. I was worried about it. I'm like, I don't want to shut this game off. I got to load this screen all the time. It's not so mm-hmm. bad anymore. But um, the menus are still pretty laggy. They're going through inventory. And it'll have some points where I'll switch over to my ability tree and the trees won't, won't load. I'll hmm. have to press down a couple of times and it'll finally like pop into the screen. But um, 
So, yeah, like when you're managing your inventory, trying to get rid of all these guns because they're throwing billions of guns at you. It, it kind of takes you out of the experience. So I always make it a, a sure thing to go through and empty out my bag before I go into a new area because I don't want to stop and do all this over again. Right, right. But again, of course, that'll be fixing the patch. I'm sure they know. Because we'll definitely let them know. Gearbox, your game's glitchy. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm curious about post-launch support. Um, like, I'm sure Gearbox is going to do you know, just right by it. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. But I do yeah. wonder, like, you know, in terms of DLC, like what they've got planned. Have they announced anything? Um, I have not seen what the DLC list was. But I feel like it's very similar to two. Right. I would expect very much the same thing. A couple of new Vault Hunters, um, like five, four packs? There's four DLC packs. Okay. I don't know what they are yet, but four DLC packs. Um, I'm trying to see what the new Vault Hunters are. I'm really curious about that now. Well, I mean, it's it's good to hear that, you know, with all the controversy that Borderlands 3 or just more or less Gearbox has been through over the past <laughs> couple of months. Or, or Randy Pitchford. Or maybe, yeah, if we're going <laughs> to pinpoint it. Um, it's, not, it's good to hear that the game as a whole didn't suffer for it. Mm-hmm. Like, the game itself is still good. It's just the people that make it, you know, are questionable. <laughs> oh, and quick tip for anybody who is playing on console and you don't get this patched before you hear this episode. Turn off all the social network stuff. It slows down the game. Wow. I've actually mm. cut it off, and it's a noticeable, steadier frame rate. So you can still get mail, but don't worry about, like, your friend killed 100 enemies. You don't need all that. Take your frame rate instead. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> and play on performance mode, not resolution. Isn't it funny that we have, we have to make these choices now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> That being said, though, um, you know, switching settings, I mean, is a reality for any PC gamer forever. And and really, it has been for consoles for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. But that's just funny to hear, like, you know, all, all the stuff they add. It's like, <laughs> it's like so making it worse, guys. Game. Stop. Right. Right. We, we only have so much CPU space here. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been playing. I'm currently playing like right now. Bang. OK, I'm done. <laughs> all right. Nice. <laughs> Um, all right, so Herb, we got you next. What's going on? What you been playing, man? All right, so uh, so I stream every Wednesday and Friday on Twitch. It's Three Bears cool. Gaming with a Y, of course. Um, and I've been going through. Well, okay, so uh, maybe two weeks ago, I like tackled Link's Awakening DX because the new one is about to drop on Friday, and I wanted to be you know, have it fresh in my mind, get back into it, get back into the feeling, get back into the music. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I'd never played DX before. I'd only played the original many, many times. I've beaten the original. Um, the DX version is in full color, of course. There's an extra dungeon. Uh, and they remove this very nifty little screen sheet that you can do to get uh, to get past certain areas. <laughs> <laughs> Which of course I only tried to use once, and then I was like, "All right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be that dude." Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, Link's Awakening is really fantastic. Um, if you've never played it, it's my favorite Zelda, I think by far. Um, I think it's because it was my very, it wasn't my first Zelda game. Like I played original Zelda and Adventure of Link and all that, but it was like the first one that was like mine. Like nobody else used that Game Boy, like. You know, I was real young. Like it was, it was my my personal Zelda experience. You know what I mean? Like nobody 
was like sitting on the couch watching me play it. It's like, you know, Game Boy is very, very like a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the games I feel like I played on Game Boy when I was younger or, or DS or, or any handheld for that matter, it's like those just like stick with me. I don't know what it is. It's like reading a good book, you know. Um, so Link's Awakening was fantastic. I, I just I, I can't say how much I love it enough. It's it's the only Zelda like, well, it's not the only Zelda without Zelda, but it's it's the first Zelda without Zelda. Um, they enter bunch they, they introduce a, bu- a bunch of new mechanics in it to Zelda at the time. Uh, the music is fantastic, and it's just long enough. It's like mm-hmm. not too long. It's just the right length. All the pieces are there. All the characters you may remember, but it's like. You know, it's just kind of twisted a little bit. It's a little, it's a little put on its side, kind of like how Majora's Mask is. It's like, it's like the weird Zelda, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I like that. I think it's, it's got a really cool little appeal to it, and it also deals with kind of a, a moral dilemma, uh, which I always enjoyed. Um, if you don't know, basically, Link's Awakening is about Link uh, sailing in the middle of the ocean and getting caught in a storm and washing up on an island. And on this island, there's a giant egg on top of a mountain. And apparently this thing called the windfish is inside of it. And your quest is to do all the dungeons, get all the instruments, and wake up, play the song and wake up this windfish. But if you wake it up, supposedly the whole island disappears. Everything disappears. You disappear. So, you know, they, they, for, for like a mobile game, essentially, back in the day, it was like a very... It was a very different thing to think like, well, if I go kill this boss, like I'm actually <laughs> like killing myself and this whole world a little more each time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just kind of cool, you know, especially for an 8-bit black and white game. It was just kind of mature and a little different. And um, originally, Link's Awakening was going to be uh, a Link to the Past port. And I read this whole story about it. So... Uh, the team that made it, basically, they, they were working on it, and they showed it to Miyamoto, and they showed it to Nintendo, and they were like, no, 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 whatever, we don't like it, keep working on this Link to the Passport. So, they kept working on the Link to the Passport for Game Boy, uh, and after hours, the director would continue to work on what would be Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. So, once once they got to a certain point with it, they took it and showed it to Nintendo again and showed to the higher ups and they were like oh my god we love it do that instead screw the port so (laughs) it became its own thing and I just think that's it's really important because Zelda is like a huge flagship mainline series I mean fucking Robin Williams named her daughter Zelda you know what I mean like it's it's a it's a force of culture Zelda is like a whole thing even outside of Smash or Nintendo or Mario or any of that Zelda is its own thing Mm -hmm. Um, so to have sort of like a Zelda that, you know, the boys in the office were working on after hours be a thing that they're remaking on the Switch, to me, is, like, a big deal. Um, Not only from a nostalgia standpoint, but just because, like, it just... I think it's a Zelda that's much more fueled by uh, passion and creativity, I would say. Yeah, Um, very much so. You know, I think think that's, like, uh, evident from the art style as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the new one has this sort of almost like miniaturized, like you're playing with a bunch of dolls kind of mm-hmm. look yeah. to it. Um, everything is shiny. Everything looks kind of not Lego-y. I'm trying to think of like a good toy company that it looks like. What were like the really off-brand Legos? Not 
not connects or um oh mega blocks yeah um but yeah so i'm really excited for that so going through the 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 old or well you know it was cool because i got to go through the old one technically but it was dx so it was kind of a new experience for me too it was cool to see it in color and the extra dungeon um it's totally optional but it is really cool um and yeah so i'm really excited for that new zelda uh so yeah, so after that, uh, Wait, before you jump over, I got one quick question. What's that? You mentioned how you said the whole point is to wake up this fish, but if you wake up the fish, the island might disappear. Yeah, like all the all the enemies, like no spoilers, but you know when you when you everyone tells you right from the beginning, like you know the wind fish lives in this egg on top of the mountain. We've been waiting for a traveler to you know you know kind of like come and interact with him essentially but we hear you know the, the rumor is like if you wake him up everything goes away everything disappears so why would you do this i know right that's the <laughs> thing though but it's like you're lost on this island and you're you know you're supposed to get back to hyrule and you're just on kind of this like side mission and it's like you know that's the dilemma is like do i figure out where i am do i figure out what's going on here or do i stay in the dream you know, mm. and whose dream is it? Is it my dream? Is it the windfish's dream? You know, yeah, that's the whole this, thing. This is sounding like a Kojima production. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, more Kojima. It's very Kojima. anime, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Met with a terrible fate, haven't you? <laughs> like, or in a dream of another dream. <laughs> also, you know, I have to point out, um, just on a technical standpoint, um, what I really like about Link's Awakening is that it was the first Zelda that let you have your shield as an independent button. So like, you know, every Zelda be- prior to that, when you have your shield, you just have it, and whichever way you're facing, it just works, as long as you're not in the middle of attacking. But in Link's Awakening, it's like a button that you decide, so then you can just pull it out whenever you want. So I like that a lot better than the way they did it in Link to the Past and um, and the original Zelda, because if you just want to like hold your shield out and push against something dangerous that you don't know if you can touch, you can do that. If you want to hold your shield out and defend yourself with your sword at the, s- at the same time and be like total offense and defense all at once, you can do that too. It's like you can you can not use the shield at all. You can just put two two different items there and do something different and have different combinations of like gameplay possibilities. And I like that. Um, it was also like the first Zelda where you could you could set one button to bombs and one button to arrows and then press them both at the same time and you shoot bomb arrows. Yeah, I remember that. You know, oh. and they they just had all these little cool ideas that just weren't really a thing yet until later Zeldas. Um, and I just I, I honestly I can't believe they're it's it's being remade. Like I I I can't believe it. When they when they announced that, I was like, wait, enough people like this to make this happen? Like I'm not alone now. Okay, cool. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know, I should check this out now. I've never, so I've never yeah, it, it, so. The new one looks really cool, and something that I know they're adding for sure is like a dungeon maker. Um, you can't you can't place down like individual objects in a dungeon, but somewhere in the game you're able to go into um, a large blank area and kind of pull from all of the the screens, which every screen in the game is is a square because the mm-hmm. whole game is a grid. So you're you're able to pull other dungeons puzzles and traps and rooms and mix and match them as you please in a single dungeon um and that to me sounds really cool because then you're, you're going to be able to send them to friends and then have people run through your own you know it's like zelda maker so i think that's pretty awesome and i hope to see that in future zeldas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe that's a you know 
them teasing us that they're making a Zelda maker. Right, right. I mean, that's what it seems like. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so Link's Awakening, and then uh, I kind of had the itch for an FPS, and it had been a little while since I dug into one, so um, I started playing Shadow Warrior 2, and if you don't know what Shadow Warrior is, it's like a game from 1997 made by the same exact team in the same engine as Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, so it's very over the top, huge explosions, like you're running around like super fast, like shooting like 200 guys at the same time with like all these ridiculous weapons. It's very vulgar. It's way over the top. It's uncensored. There's like, you know, all this stuff going on. Um, and they remade that about, you know, they remade Shadow Warrior in like 2014. Yeah. And man. then after that, they made a sequel. And that's the one that I've been playing. Um, Shadow Warrior 2 is absolutely incredible. Uh, I played it for about, I think I beat it in about 20 hours, and that was just the story and the side missions, but not all the extra bounties or all the extra secrets. Um, if you like Borderlands, if you like Left 4 Dead, if you like Far Cry, it is very much up that alley, but, you know, okay, so imagine those games, but no fall damage whatsoever. Um, very incredibly, incredibly different locales. And you can unlimited dash and you can double jump. So it's like, you know, you're you're Lil Wayne. You're this awesome, like, ninja assassin dude. You have swords and guns. Everything can be enchanted, you know, with poison or fire or whatever. Um, everything can be upgraded. There's, like, endless amounts of weapons. It's not as much as Borderlands. I, I don't think there's any game with as many weapons as Borderlands. But throughout the course of the entire story, you're constantly getting new ones. You know, like, in total, I think there's, like, 60-something. Um, wow. I had a really good time with it. The story is hilarious. Uh, you, you get hired by a couple uh, Yakuza mob bosses and some really crazy, dangerous people, and then you also get hired by, like, demons and gods to do their handiwork. Um, it's, oh. like... Very, very over the top. Lots of cussing. Lots of blood. I mean, um, watch a watch a video or a trailer of this game. the The speed at which you move and are able to dismantle your enemies is incredible. And when you slice stuff, like everything is breakable. So, like, you know, you can interact with if you if you walk into you know a house or whatever. If you walk into a facility and there's furniture and you shoot your shotgun, like everything blows up. You know what I mean? Um, if you got swords, you know, uh, and you and Oop. you enchant them with the right elemental, you can have them fire projectiles Oop. out of them Oop. that slice people as they go through them, and it slices every single character, everything that you come across, in exactly the way that you hit it with the sword. So it it's like they they just there's a whole lot of detail. The graphics are gorgeous. Um, I think it's a very good like. If you just want to play something that's like Borderlands, but you don't necessarily want to commit your life to Borderlands, there you go. <laughs> no, commit. <laughs> it is good, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Shadow Warrior 2, very, very enjoyable. Uh, I had a really good time with that. I it, it took me by surprise. I hadn't really heard much of it. And if you just look at the cover, it doesn't really show how awesome it is, but... Um, for anybody that loves Far Cry, Borderlands, Left 4 Dead, that kind of thing, check it I, out. I feel like yeah, that's on I, Game Pass too. 
I think, I think it, is. it is, and I only got it because it was like seven bucks on PS4, and I was like, "What is this? How did I not hear about what? a sequel to a remake? What the fuck?" Yeah, apologize. Uh, apologize about my little internet hiccup for a moment there. I I dropped out of the 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 room here, but uh, okay. I, w- I wanted to say uh, really quickly that the um the, it kind of reminds me of of a slower more mystical take on quake or something like that it's kind of what yeah. shadow warrior i mean me yeah but i will say once you get like the dash and the jumping down you you it's just like blinding it's so fast like it's it it feels like like going back to far cry after that whenever i get around to the next far cry is like gonna feel like sluggish in comparison it's like it, you're so quick and you know you have regenerating health and you have like mystical powers you can use so it's like this fusion of melee weapons guns and magic and i really i really think they they do a good job of capturing like enough of what borderlands and far cry like what makes those games good but being its own thing too Mm -hmm. um i don't know if they're gonna go any further with it i think it's amazing that they even made a sequel to the remake (laughs) but um (laughs) But yeah, it was very enjoyable, very inexpensive game. Um, totally took me by surprise. Probably one of the best looking games I've seen in a while as well. Um, and I played it on PS4. I will say also, like Borderlands, there are bugs for sure. I've fallen through the stage before. I've had people talking to me that drift away. I've had, you know, doors and shit that don't work right. But like, you know, it's a quick restart the level. There you go. Okay. So that's I feel like that's just one of those things that happens with games that just have, you know, so much loot and so much uh, so many variables for a different experience each playthrough. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's very hard to kind of stamp out every bug that could be possible for those. Um, so, yeah, uh, that took me, I'm going to say, about five streams at like four or five hours each to do to do uh, Shadow Warrior 2. And then um well, and then so last week was the 20th anniversary of the Dreamcast. I feel mm-hmm. like I could I could talk about Dreamcast every time I come on here. <laughs> As you should, absolutely. Yeah, we um, could too. So 20 years, which is mind blowing. 20 years, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, the past wow. week, I've been just kind of rolling through Dreamcast games, and typically for a stream, I will pick a system I like and then choose a random assortment of games from that. I'll make a little straw poll voting little poll and then um have people in the chat you know vote on what they want to see next so for the past uh four or five streams it's been all all dreamcast games rayman 2 is the one that stuck with me um i played a bunch i mean i played choo choo rocket i played sonic adventure 2 i played marvel vs. capcom 2 i played tokyo extreme racer 2 i played ooga booga i played wetrix i played uh, a bunch of shoot 'em ups, but you played any? Uh, did you play any Power Stone? No, but every Monday and every Thursday, let me tell you, Power Stone is on that TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, you know, tomorrow's like fight night on the stream, or, or excuse me, tonight. I keep saying tomorrow because it's on on the schedule. It actually says Thursday, you know. Um, but I, I figured I kind of stayed away, like from most fighters on the Dreamcast appreciation streams. Purely because I knew I was going to do a fight night tonight. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. But um, but yeah, and and there's so many. I mean, it's like you could just do you could do like ten streams of just Dreamcast fighting games, and you still wouldn't have played them all. Yeah. Um, 
so so yeah so i i don't know what it is about rayman but uh rayman is such a weird character and such a weird franchise because in all actuality like all of the games are good and let me just put this in perspective for a second so mario and sonic had like a million games out already right and in 1994 95 on the atari jaguar the first Rayman dropped and then got ported to Saturn and PS1 and PC and everything else. But it was supposed to be like the Jaguar seller, which of course did not work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you've ever played Rayman 1, it's like completely hand-drawn. The music is incredible. It's super fucking difficult. It's completely its own separate thing from a lot of other like mascot platformers. Um and then what's even cooler is that unlike every other franchise out there that has like a bunch of 2D games and then a bunch of 3D games, you know, at least around that era, I feel like Rayman, it went from like a really good 2D side-scrolling platformer and then all of a sudden Rayman 2 was like full-blown 3D Super Mario 64. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I mean, if you, if you look back on Metacritic, because I hadn't even thought about Rayman 2 in so long because... You know, the past 10 years has been Rayman Origins, Rayman Legends. Right. And right, those right. have kind of brought back to the art Rayman. style and the spirit of the first Rayman. And I feel like there hasn't been a 3D Rayman game in, like, I don't even know. I guess Rayman 3 was the last one. Yeah. 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 And, and that was a while ago. Um, So I was just looking through, you know, my discs and everything. And I saw Rayman 2. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pop this in. I popped it in for a stream. And then five streams later... <laughs> I just beat it last night and it's just one of those games that every time I play it it grabs me Um, if you've never had a chance to play any Rayman game you're a limbless little dude Uh, you save this fantasy world from like darkness more or less it doesn't get that much more complicated but it's the way that the story is told the way the music comes together the way the art style is like uh, let me tell you this game came out in 2000 and amidst many many other games out there that all had like very straight lines 90 degree angles very simple textures things like that rayman 2 totally stands out it feels more like a modern game you know there's autosave there's like very very you know uh, uh lenient checkpoints you know um there's not a set amount of lives if you get game over you just start again at the checkpoint it's all good um, there's like a full map screen, like everything, everything looks smooth, that no angle is perfect. Like everything in the game looks organic. Everything looks like each part of it was meticulously designed as opposed to being on like a grid or something. Um, I just, I was really impressed. It's been a really long time since I played it. And then I th- started thinking like, wow, you know, every Rayman game has good ratings and they always do well when they come out. But for whatever reason, he's kind of like. He's always been second fiddle to like all the other mascots. So, um, so yeah, I mean, kind of an underdog, and and it's weird. The guy who uh, created Rayman is Michelle Ansel. He's uh, mm-hmm. he did Beyond Good and Evil. He did that mm-hmm. really good Genius. King Kong game. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's just it's just kind of funny, like how how different franchises come out. But uh, personally, with I mean, Spyro, it seems. It seems well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, with Spyro and Crash being remade, I actually would like to see either a remake of Rayman 2 or uh, a continuation of the 3D Rayman games. As much as I love Legends, Legends is a is a is an incredible 2D platformer, but like 
I really enjoyed this. It was actually really good and, and different, but it still felt like Rayman. So, so yeah, um, I just beat that last night and then, uh, just, I kind of went on a rundown of a bunch of different, uh, Dreamcast games, just kind of showing some love and appreciation. Uh, it is still my favorite console, uh, just out of everything. I think it's still, uh, I think it's still the best to me. It's, it's, it was the biggest impact, the biggest like leap, you know, forward, um, it didn't pan out necessarily, but I still like it. <laughs> Sega, if you're listening, Dreamcast Mini. Yeah, there you go. Let's make it happen. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, Link's Awakening, Shadow Warrior Two, Rayman Two, um, and then oh, and then I guess the last one would be uh, me and my hubby have been playing Guacamelee Two. Um, Good choice. That Very dropped nice. this year. Great game, uh, total Metroidvania. But if uh, Metroidvania was on Dia de los Muertos in Mexico, uh, and I like how instead of guns or swords or whatever, it's all wrestling and you know almost like beat 'em up moves. Yeah, it's um, so cool. Yeah, with like actually pretty complicated strings of moves and combos. Like you can. If you know how to do it, you can knock someone around the room completely in all four corners and get like eighty hit combo. I mean, it's like, it's like, wow, you don't you don't need to do that to win, but like, you know, plus it's four player co op. The art style is incredible. The music is really good. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. I think the the deluxe edition for everything is only like twelve bucks, and uh, and it came out this year. So I don't know if it's not necessarily doing well, but. If you never played Guacamelee, play it. It's very, very good co-op, especially for players of different uh, skill levels. You know what I'm saying? Why do you say that specifically? What do because they have for the for the hardcore like fighting game slash you know Scott Pilgrim Double Dragon kind of kind of dude, like it's there. The combos are there. The difficulties there. They have this whole mechanic where like okay, one button is dodge, and you have mm-hmm. to dodge through certain colored things. Or else you just can't pass them. And sometimes enemies throw out things that you must dodge. Then you have another button that switches between the living world and the dead world on the fly. So there's all these things that you can see. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but there, there'll be like platforms and stuff that you can see, but you can't interact with until you're on the other side. Right. That actually reminds me of another platformer from Ubisoft that came out a while yes. back. Um, it was like. Outlast or Outland or something? Outland, yeah, great game. Yeah, yes. Xbox Three Sixty. Yes. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, beautiful game. Um, but yeah, there's a whole lot of switching going on, and and a lot of it happens very quickly. You end up getting like a dash, and I'm talking like in the span of you know five seconds, you have to like dash and then dodge and then switch and then wall jump and then dash and then dodge and then switch and then wall jump like. All within like a very short amount of time, and it and it makes it takes that whole like Symphony of the Night Super Metroid formula and really kicks it up a notch in terms of Twitch gameplay. I think it's very good for anybody who's into fighting games or beat 'em up games, but I say that it's good for people of all skills because just like New Super Mario Brothers, anybody can like bubble at any time. So if you come across a hard boss or a hard puzzle or whatever, as long as one person stays alive, like you're good. 
And mm-hmm. I think that's a very wise decision. Um, that's also a thing you can do in Rayman Legends, which I appreciate a lot. I think I think any game that has like the screen space to do so these days, it's like why not just make it four player co op just as an option. And then, you know, when you get to certain parts that are easier with one person, then the other people just bubble. That's it, you know? Right, right. Um, but yeah, Guacamelee is awesome. Uh, me and my hubby went through the first game earlier this year, completely 100%ed it, which is not something that happens very often for me. It has to be a very, very, very good game for me to want 100% it. Um, nice. And it just, I don't know, it's addicting and it's like, you know. You get a buddy in there. It's got really good dialogue. Everything's like funny and clever and shit. It's like there's all mm-hmm. this secret stuff to find. Um, they even have little like wannabe Chozo statues, but they call them Chuzo statues. <laughs> and this this little goat dude like hops like once you break it, he he comes out of it and like hands you your power up and is real snarky and shit. It's kind of cool. You know, I'm actually super surprised you haven't gotten your hands on River City Girls yet. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that seems like a game that's it. totally it up good. your alley. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, I've been craving a new kind of Scott Pilgrim sort of game. Yeah, you yeah. You're, when you were talking about Gu- Guacamelee and you actually referenced Scott Pilgrim, it reminded me of that, and we had a conversation about that before as well. Cool. Yeah, River City Girls is on the list. Um, Streets of Rage Four, when that drops, is on the list for oh, sure. Can't wait for that one. I think that's actually going to be like I I don't know that beat 'em ups are necessarily like a big deal anymore but I think if anyone is going to if any game is going to bring back beat 'em ups or at least get the attention of people who haven't been looking at that in a long time it's going to be Streets of Rage 4. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I we're going to talk about it later but I I'm just going to say it right now Streets of Rage the original is absolutely on a top list of video game soundtracks of all time. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I was at a um a party and someone was like, you know, had like a DJ set and all of a sudden like I'm hearing music from Streets of Rage 2 and like you know how sometimes like you're out somewhere and like you'll hear a song and like your attention immediately shifts towards it. Oh, yeah. So like I'm like I'm like yo, like this is Streets of Rage and like I'm looking around and no one else is like I feel like I'm making the biggest deal in a room that this is Streets of Rage playing. <laughs> so I woke up to the DJ. I was like, yo, this is Streets of Rage 2, isn't it? He was like, wow, no one ever calls this out. But yeah, it's definitely Streets of Rage 2. Hell yeah. Too, so. There we go. Yeah. I could, like, if, if, if you want to save it for later, we can save it for later. But I could go into a whole thing about why that game was so significant in music for video gaming. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for the topic. We'll all right, all right. <laughs> So yeah, um, those are my games currently of now. Um, I'm always playing new stuff. Tonight is going to be a fight night. I've been playing uh, some DDR here and there with a good friend of mine. We've been doing DDR streams. And this Friday, of course, the new Link's Awakening drops. So I'm going to be playing that until I exhaust myself and then wake up and play some more. (laughs) Nice. Nice, nice, man. All right. I guess it's my turn. Um, Yeah. So so Rod, what (laughs) you been playing? So I'm going to be really quick here. I know we're on a bit of a time crunch, but uh, I have actually been playing uh, Yakuza 3. I'm I'm going on that journey, man. Like we are steadily on this Yakuza journey um, yes. and, and completing, you know, Kiryu's dragon, I guess, his whole his whole story from beginning to end um so yakuza 3 is a part of the remastered collection that is a new collection that's been released very recently um sega is releasing three four and five at different points in the year so three came out actually when they announced it at 
the end of August. Uh, four is coming out at the end of October, and five is going to release uh, early to mid February. Through three for the very first time, straight from uh, a, a from the PlayStation Three. Actually, this does not get a Kiwami updates meaning that they have not remastered this in the uh, dragon engine but they have um they've just they've up everything to 1080p um and it runs at 60 frames per second so nice. buttery smooth um yeah very very nice um so this is again my first time going through this series super super fun um a lot of people have said that the beginning of this game is very controversial because it's very slow um but i actually really enjoy it um, you play the first maybe four-ish chapters uh, taking care of an orphanage in Okinawa, actually. So you're not even in. You start the game in Kamurocho, but then very quickly leave after the prologue is done. Um, and you are kind of doing some odd jobs around town. It's a lot of the same Gakuza stuff that we've been doing for the past like few entries, which is um, encountering side characters in their sub-stories uh, or like the side missions. And um, you are kind of taking care of these kids and, and getting to know them. And that's... I actually found that pretty charming and and entertaining and fun the, the game was actually completely retranslated um from from the old ps3 version so you do get some so things are more in line this is actually a content complete version of this game uh when the original yakuza 3 was released in the west they actually cut a quite a bit of content out because the budget was so low uh, yakuza did not sell well in the west at all um so they and <laughs> to note when yakuza 1 released on playstation 2 that got an english dub None of the rest of them did because Yakuza 1 sold terribly. So um, they decided to take out a lot of stuff out of 3. But now we have with the PS4 remaster in the West, it's content complete. Um, it, it is it, So that's really, really nice. And yeah, it's it's a really good time. The combat system is, you know, you, the your, your Yakuza standard beat-em-up. However, I will say that it is fairly arcadey. Uh, which is actually the most arcadey entry yet, meaning that people like you can do like wall bounces and like you can throw someone and they'll bounce off the ground and Wait, you can do combos. Really? Yeah, yeah, really. I'll like it's that. almost it, that. <laughs> it actually kind of feels like Tekken, to be honest, um, which is a little wild. Like the other entries haven't really felt like that before. Um, like they feel it's satisfying. Like, Chris, you can kind of back me up on this. Like it's the combat is has always been satisfying but it's not you're never going to mistake it for like a fighting game a full-fledged you know brawler yeah it's a, it's a little bit more grounded than you know like a fighting game or uh like a beat-em-up or anything yeah exactly so um this but but this is is so it's unique in that way so not only do you get a new city um and kind of a oh no oh i think we might have lost them oh I'm, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Oh, sorry about that. So, yeah, you do get like kind of a, a, a revamped combat system and, and everything like that um, and a new city to explore. So that's really, really fun and compelling. So, you know, now I've, I've been kind of playing these these games in a row. It's, it is refreshing to have uh, these elements be so prevalent because, you know, it's it's helping me to not get burned out. Um so yeah, I, I'm really enjoying enjoying that game so far. And that's that's pretty much it. I've dabbled in, you know, some Fire Emblem, but I feel like we'll talk about that at a later date as well. That's <laughs> um, a whole episode on its own. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, Fire Emblem's like a whole Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think with that we're probably gonna do like a make a YouTube video and have like a like a free form spoiler uh like a spoiler. <laughs> what have cast. you been playing? Huh? Uh oh. Rod, you there? Uh, I think, yeah, I think yeah, I think oh, we're man. having technical difficulties with Rod, but I think I think he was wrapping up. I think he was asking me um uh what i've been playing yeah Yeah. so like i said in the beginning of the episode you know this is like that rare time where like i'm actually like able to play multiple games and like you know actually jump into them um it's it's weird that i'm not really focusing on too many games i'm sort of like dabbled in between a couple but um i guess i'll just jump around um i'll start off with uh celeste uh that's a game that came out yeah it came out uh early last year Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's, it's pretty interesting. Like I've I've you know I've heard that you know it was a really good game. I saw that it you know won a ton of awards. So I had to see what the hype was all about because I feel like as of late I've been on like a, a really good like indie kick where I've uh, I think it started with playing Undertale where I started playing that and like just fell in love with that game. So now I'm sort of like since coming off of that game. I'm like, all right, I, I want to play more games that I've heard really good buzz about. So uh, Celeste, if you haven't seen it before, it's like a um, it's like a platformer slash puzzle game where you're playing as a girl named uh, Madeline, and it's 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 like it's a platformer where like you have like a uh, well, she's pretty much climbing a mountain. Um, and you're able to grab onto ledges and do perform like a double jump. So you'll have uh, a, a regular jump, then you have a, a double jump. Her hair turns blue, so it's good to you know it's a good indication of hey you're out of jumps. Um, but like into the game, like further into the game, they th- throw in mechanics where you could sort of reset your jumps while you're like in the air with certain uh, items that are sort of floating in the air, uh, but you know, I've I've had a good time with it. Like it's um, I think I'm maybe about halfway up the mountain. So I've met a couple of characters. I've um, they've sort of started talking about like how um, like the I guess like the the other side of her has like manifested into like its own being. So she's interacting with that character, and like it's a lot of like back and forth with like her mental health, and you uh sort of see her you know have like a panic attack and getting through it so like it's it's a lot it's you know it has some like really clear messaging on like just mental health and everything like that so i'm really interested to see uh where like the game takes it because like it's 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 like a prevalent theme in this game um i've I've been any of you guys played uh celeste oh yeah. yeah i've actually had like an interesting history with celeste Back one of my old jobs, I had a friend of mine who, um, what was it called? The Pico 8 is what he had. It was like a little miniature computer or whatever. And apparently that was what the game originally was made on. Oh, cool. So it started out as like a little passion project. And then it gained so much momentum that they made into a console release. And so I think if you're putting on the Switch, yeah, there's a Pico 8 mode in there where you can play the original version of how it came about. Yeah, I found that. And so it's really interesting to see like where it came from. And so yeah, I was excited to see that he got like a console release, and I, I think I made it to like the first hotel. Okay. 
Yeah, and then I kind of got stuck on the laundry thing, and I haven't been back since too many games coming out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, was games, a, it was a lot of fun. I do like those type of platformers like that. Yeah, and it's a, it's a nice change of pace because I've been playing a lot of like beat 'em ups and RPGs lately. So, mm-hmm. you know, playing a puzzle game is sort of like uh, you know, it's testing my patience. Because you're right, that hotel bit, I could I could sort of see where where someone could you know put the game down for a little bit, but. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where, like, certain puzzles, it, it'll take me, you know, a, a while to get. But it's all about, like, you know, memorizing what's happening, mes- memorizing, like, how your jumps are going to be or mm-hmm. where it's going to put you. So and, and also it's also about, um you know, taking jumps that you're not really too sure on. Like, it's sort of like just taking the leap. I feel like that's something that. I'm I'm sort of pulling out of it because like if you're if you're going through a section, um, the game it has a it has a pretty good like sort of checkpoint system where like once you move over to the next screen, that's where your reset point is. But there's certain um, there's certain screens where it's a little bit longer, and let's say like you get stuck at like the beginning of that screen, but then now you're moving forward a little bit. There'll be times where you know you may not really know what to do but you're going with such a momentum that you really do have to like just sort of like move with the purpose and like just trust your gut and take jumps so that's something i'm that's yeah that's something i'm really i'm really liking i'm liking that uh you know i'm i don't know like i'm I'm just i'm i'm going with you know going with the flow and trusting myself with uh certain puzzles so jump back into that one are you trying to collect all the um the strawberries too hell hell no that's what gets me. <laughs> I can't let those things go. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So, yeah, so you have like these strawberries that you could collect, but and I was doing that for like the first, like first two levels, and then eventually there's a point where like um, I'm not sure if it was a character or it was like a load screen, but something was like, yo, like these strawberries, like it's cool to get, but it has it, it won't impact the story. Like it's it's more or less something that will impress your friends then change the outcome of the game so once i heard that i was like fuck it like fuck these strawberries <laughs> i'm just i'm just trying to get through these trying to get through these puzzles and you know i feel like going for the strawberries i'll be something that i'll do on another playthrough because i feel that especially with me playing on the switch i could easily pick it up and you know play it um yeah i'm just trying to get like get through the story at this point because i just the story of you know they haven't really like right now, she's trying to prove to herself that she could climb to the top of this mountain, but I feel like they haven't given like the full reason on why like it's important for her to make it to the top of this mountain. So it's not it's not immediately apparent, but I mean the analogy there is that you know she's she's struggling with a mental illness. Um, yeah. That being depression, because the the mirror self of her is like you know the the analogy to that being like the darker, more cynical side taking over, saying, "Hey, you can't do this," and you know, turn back and yada yada yada. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a really powerful story. I I don't know if you recall, but it, this actually made uh, my top my top five last year um, when when this came out. Um, I, I love Celeste. Yeah. So. I um I'm definitely gonna keep playing this game. Um, it's fun. Like it's a ni- like I said before, it's like a nice change of pace uh, compared to like everything else that I'm playing right now, and a nice change of pace of like what's to come with everything else that's coming out with all these games. But um, 
I like Celeste because it's it's like they took that that N plus slash Meat Boy kind of formula, but they mm-hmm. they turned it into a thing that is a lot more um, a lot more story driven and a lot more emotional and kind of like subtle. You know, like like Meat Boy almost feels like a mobile game in comparison, and N plus definitely feels like a mobile game in comparison. Like Celeste feels like a full like just like a more well-rounded experience, I think. Um, the interactions you have with characters is really good. There's lots of little nice little touches with the pixel art. The music is really good. It's like it's like you know it, it's like the final form of that of that genre of gaming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, you brought up a good point. Like that's that's one of those games that normally when you're playing platformers like that, it's like they'll give you like a quick like you know hey like in in the case of Super Meat Boy, hey you're trying to rescue your girlfriend, right? So you, you have go. to go through all these levels. But this one like it's giving you a narrative while you're doing it. Yeah. And that's cool. And I like how the strawberries aren't necessarily for any for any reason other than like, hey, I got this extra piece. It's not something that you need. It's something that's there for the people who want to go that hard. Exactly. And yeah, that's cool. So. That's cool. It's not like a necessary component. You know? And I am so happy for that because yeah. like, <laughs> game, games like that, it's like, hey, you can only get, you know, you can only access this level if you have this many, um, right. you know, uh, these things. So it's a, it's a nice change of pace where it's like, you know what? Just make it through the game. Enjoy the story, you know. And then right. see you later. Yeah. And then of course, you know, while while playing, you you could also unlock like the B side tracks. Right. So and that I, I guess that's like the harder versions of those levels. So, yeah, they are. Yeah, I'm not even gonna touch that. I'm good. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna nah, Chris, you got this, bro. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until I you know I, I finish through the game and then then I'll jump back and do the B side. We'll see. Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> next up, uh, I picked up a game called Moonlighter. It's uh, it was on sale on the Switch. Oh, um, good choice. It's on the Switch too. Yeah. Oh, so um, yeah, so it's on the Switch. It's on the PS4, Xbox One, PC. Game Pass. Game Pass. Um, it's a really interesting game. It's like a it's like a dual dual part game. Two parts. You you're. You're playing as a shopkeeper who, like, you know, by day, you know, you're running a shop, but then by night, um, you're going into dungeons and you're uh, you're pretty much like defeating monsters, trying to get through each level to like face like a like a boss of that particular dungeon, and then you know you'll op- open up like your next dungeon. But um, everything, like all the monsters, they drop you know materials. You'll take the materials back home. Um, and then sell it in your shop. So, like that—that—that that, that in itself is like a pretty interesting gameplay loop. So, like it's you know you're playing as a shopkeeper, but then at the same time you're also playing as like the hero, like trying to like you know, say, I guess like save the island or save the town that you're from. Um, and it's 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 really interesting because like I'm running into the instance where it's it's also like a roguelike when you're in the dungeons. Uh, you know, every every time you jump into a dungeon, it's uh randomly generated. Uh so the the uh, room placement's different, the enemy placement's different. Um so each time you go in it's you know, it's a little bit different. But when you're playing, if you die, you essentially like lose everything that you have in your backpack. So it's that constant battle of you know, I have so much on me. Do I keep pushing forward or do I like teleport back home? 
So mm. there's so there's been a couple instances where I was greedy, and mm. I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and like see see what you know see what this floor takes me. Let me you know try and get to the boss, or let me um, you know just go a little bit further. This game will slap you in the face if you get too cocky. <laughs> like true. it 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 knows when you. I feel like it knows when you're doing that because I've had a couple of instances where you know I came across one monster who like like that I've never seen before and haven't seen since. And like I was on a really good run. Like I was picking up all this real loot. I was picking up loot that I haven't even seen before. I was like, wow, like I'm having a really good run. You know, I have like all these potions left. Let's uh you no, know let's see, let's see what this uh what the boss drops for me. <laughs> and like as soon as I like think that, like that whole like I formulate that thought of like, let's see where this is gonna take me. That very next room, this monster shows up and um Another thing is, you know, uh, the the play styles, like the weapons that you use in this game. You uh, you have a sword and shield. You have a uh, a, a great sword, a bow and arrow, a lance, and then my favorite gloves, weapon, I think, the gloves. So any game that has like you know gloves, or you could be like a fighter. That's that's my role. That's what I go for. Chris, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so with the gloves, you it's really like you have to be up close and personal. Uh, you really have to make use of your dodge. Um, so yeah, so this monster shows up and says, "Yo, fuck your couch! I'm taking everything you got," and just destroyed me. Like, I lost everything. Like, it was really, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it it really hurt because I felt like I was, I felt like I was doing really good, and then the game just like it, it said, "Nah." You're not doing really good, and it's all me. Go buy that bow, <laughs> <laughs> or go craft that bow, I should say. Yeah, so yeah, and like the game is really deep. So like you, you, you're getting all these materials in the dungeons. You could either choose to sell it in your store, or you could choose to use it to craft um, uh, numerous weapons, armor. Um, you could use it to. Um, you could also use like these uh, crystals to enhance your weapons and armor. Um, so like it's it's pretty deep. And then on the other side of like running your shop, uh you place the items like on the table. You actually get to decide the price points that you sell the stuff at. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you, you 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 open up the store, you have your items on the table. Once the customers start coming in, you sort of like look at their reactions. Like if they go over to an item, they look at it and they're happy about it. Like you'll see like a smile over their over their head. That means they like the price. It's good. Um, sometimes if you make it too cheap, you'll see like they'll smile, but like they'll grin really hard. And you'll see like gold coins in their eyes. That <laughs> means that means like they they know yo like this is a really good deal. As yeah. soon as I see that, I'm like shit. What did they just pick up? Let me go ahead and adjust the price now. <laughs> so um, it's that, and then of course, like if it's way too high, uh, then they'll like you know make like a, a face like yo, what is this? You know, it's you know it's way too high. These prices are way too high. Um, it's the best and... they made that face, but they'll still buy it. And they'll still buy it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like yo, I'm not happy about this, but I'm still gonna buy it. Man, right and that's mostly, will. and that's mostly because um, they, there's like an economy in this game. So let's say that you keep grinding, like you know, the first floor of the first dungeon, and you keep selling the same items. Eventually, the market's gonna be flooded with those items, so the rarity is ah. gonna go down. So eventually, you know, people will, you know, let's say if you're selling a, um, like a wheat zone for like 50 gold coins, 
but you you like oversaturate the market people see it they're like yeah this is you know too much because you know i could get you know this i guess for a better price somewhere else so you'll have to then lower your prices to adjust to it wait but then you say a a weed stone whetstone Whetstone. (laughs) okay okay (laughs) (laughs) i'll just be silly (laughs) but yeah um yeah, so like it sort of forces you to um, push yourself in those dungeons, go a little bit further so that you could get better items to sell. Um, and like I'm having like a, a fun time with it. Now I, I am cheating a little bit when it comes when it comes down to like you know items that I'm getting on like the third floor of the dungeons. I'm not playing no games with that stuff because that stuff like it's expensive. So I'm making sure that I'm putting the stuff out at like the best price. Because I, I like the first time I ran through uh, the third floor and I sold some stuff. Like I sold them all for like way too low. Like I, I think I was selling stuff for maybe like you know like two hundred, three hundred gold coins. When in actuality, it was like worth like a thousand or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. So I mean, Don't you can, the you time can first. get a handle on the price. Yeah, you could do stuff like that, or you could be a scumbag like me and just pull up a guide and find out. <laughs> 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 but yeah all in all it's a good pickup um i'm not sure if it's still on sale on the switch but i think normally it's 25 dollars. i picked it up for i think 11 so um it's a really fun game like i i'm really i'm really liking it um nice. next up uh like i said last week and a little bit this week um undertale i fucking love that game it's mm. like the the world the music, like just everything, like that game mm-hmm. completely caught me off guard. So, mm-hmm. you know, here I was post like Undertale depression. I'm like, damn, like <laughs> that's, that's it. There's no more of this game. Like, all right. So, and let me wrap this up. So, I talked about it last week where I my first playthrough was, I guess, like a neutral playthrough. The second playthrough, they sort of like at the end of the first playthrough, they sort of like uh, wink at, you know, hey, you should play the game over and you know, play a pacifist playthrough where you don't kill anything. Like, because at the beginning of the game, they sort of, like, tell you that it's up to you whether or not you listen to them. And, um, you know, they, they... I love the game so much, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, rest- you know, restart the game, play, uh, you know, pacifist. And the game sort of... It acknowledges that you reset it because you'll... Your, your character will do certain things that will... Uh, I don't know, like, you'll see an interaction where the character's like, a character will tell you, hey, how do you, how, how did you know to do something like that? Like, I didn't even tell you yet. So, mm. it's, it's, it's really, like, it's, it's like it, it knows what you're doing. Um, so, I was like, yeah. So, I did that playthrough and then found out that, you know, I could do another playthrough where I kill everything. But, it'll sort of taint your save file. So, if you do a genocide run... Your subsequent playthroughs after that will sort of like be different. Even if you do like another pacifist pacifist playthrough, you're you'll get like a different ending because you did a genocide run. So being you know the person that I am, I don't want to taint my save file. <laughs> so I, I I pretty I pretty much just watched a uh, a genocide run and I got the gist of it. Like I don't. I sort of want to leave my and like the game also like makes like a little note of like you know the, you know you, you you did a pacifist playthrough everyone is you know happy this is like the happiest playthrough will you if you restart the the game you know everyone's gonna go back to the way they were 
And I was like, you know what? You're damn right. Every, I, I don't want that. I think this is like a, a good stopping point. I am good. So, you know, I'm, I, if I do play the game again, it'll, it'll probably be um, like a normal playthrough or another pacifist playthrough. I don't know if, if I could, I don't think if I have it in my heart to do a genocide run. Hmm. But um, like I said, um, so are you I was hands main now. <laughs> oh, you know it. As soon okay. as I finished, yeah, as soon as I finished Undertale, I went ahead and and like I don't even download those um those skins, but I went ahead and like that's like the the, the first skin I bought <laughs> for Smash Bros. Nice. Right on. But uh, yeah, so I found out that Toby Fox, the developer creator of Undertale, he's actually making or like he's making a second game called Deltarune, and you can actually. Uh, play this first chapter of the game and um, it's for free you can go to um, the store like whatever store that the system's on so I think it's on Switch, PS4 and PC yeah that um, demo has been in my Switch like forever play it it's really good um, you're you're playing as like a, a human character named Chris uh, they um... <laughs> go figure yeah, they yeah, and and it was funny. Like I was like, uh, wait, did I? I don't remember putting Chris. Oh, it's Chris with a K. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember putting this in, but you know, that's, that's really you know, it's on the nose. But um, it's weird. Like the this world, it's like a alternate universe of Undertale. So you'll see characters that you've seen in Undertale, but they they won't acknowledge each other. Like they won't, you know. It's, it's like they know of each other, but they don't, they're not going to acknowledge anything that happened in Undertale. So my take on it, and I think, you know, it's even been said by Toby Fox, is that, you know, this is a different world. It's not the same world that you know of from Undertale. So it's not really a sequel then? Exactly. So, yeah, it's not really okay. a sequel. But um, it's, it's, I feel like it's a, um, like they... They sort of improve on like the gameplay mechanics. Okay. So, um, with uh, the um, first game, Undertale, being you know when you're in a battle, you have like the heart there to dodge the attacks. You still right. have that, but then when it comes down to like the actual battle, like it's sort of built like a um, old school RPG, right? Where you know you have like your you see like you, you have like the multiple party members. And stuff like that. So you'll see them on the screen instead of just seeing the enemy on the screen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like this is another one of those games where if you like Undertale, um, you'll you'll fall in love with like these characters. Um, like the the writing of the game is just it's really good. Uh, they the the game has like a lot of like uh, it has like a lot of like messaging that you really have to really have to like really be paying attention to pick up on yeah so so yeah there's like you know certain characters that you know like there's like a uh the bully of the class that um you like at the beginning of the game like you catch them eating chalk and you're like you you may just take that up as like wow that's just the you know the class bully just being really weird but you know throughout the game um you know that bully gets thrown into like the shadow world with you and it's it's like made a point where um you know the, it turns out like she's she's hungry because i guess you know she doesn't really eat at home or it's just not it's not available at home so like anytime you know it, it there's like food she'll like attack the person or like she'll 
she'll pretty much bum rush people for their food. And there's like a point where, you know, she's uh, she gets like a star fruit. But then another character is like, oh, wow, like I've never, you know, had that fruit before. I wonder what it tastes like. And she gives she gives up the fruit. And like and this is after she made the point of her saying like she's hungry again. And you just sort of see like the, you know, the character development going through in that part. So um, I don't know. Like I, I, I really I'm really enjoying it. I hate that it's just one chapter mm-hmm. out right now. Um, I feel like I'm playing. I'm playing this game at the right time because right after I finished the first chapter, um, Toby Fox on Twitter, because this game has been out for a year almost, um, he went ahead and released new music for the game. So it's sort of looking like he's, you know, getting ready to release chapter two, or maybe release the game. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But you know, he's sort of taking his time with you know, uh, creating this game. He he knows that Undertale was such a, you know, cult hit that it's going to be hard to sort of like live up to it. Mm, right. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's the kind of game that I don't think you can really recreate. So when he comes out with this sophomore album, essentially, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to, it's going to inevitably turn away some people and some people are going to stick with him just for trying to see whatever vision he has for this one. Um, but, you know, when you do something like Undertale, it's like, that's kind of like, you know, that's that's sort of like a once in a career kind of thing, I think. Right. You know, um, and it just happened to be his first or maybe just the first that we know about. Yeah, I mean, no, that's his first like major game. Like the thing that yeah. he worked on before Undertale was like it was like an Earthbound uh, ROM hack. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm super excited. Like I'm. I'm I'm willing to like I'm willing to wait you know however long he you know needs to make this game and I'm I'm on board of like you know you're right you know you can't duplicate what he what she did in Undertale like this is gonna be a different game and they sort of like they sort of say like you know make that a point at the beginning of the game where um, I feel like Undertale was all about choice and like, you know every choice that you make you know had like an effect in the world but at the beginning of this game, like they clearly say that, you know, some things are just meant to happen. Like your, your choice doesn't matter. So like, it'll give you, it'll give you, um, you know, like a character creation. It'll let you do different things. Like even like naming the character, but you know, once again, it's like, what did we say? Your choice doesn't matter. So, you know, the, the, the character creation sort of goes out the window. You're, you know, you're playing as like a set character with a set name, and there's certain points at the beginning of the game where you're you have the option to do something, but then it's taken right away from you. It's like you know what you're taking too long, or mm-hmm. um, you know what? we're just gonna do it this way instead. So I feel like that's a point where um, this game is is just gonna be different. But as I feel like as long as the writing is on point, like it has been, and the music, because he's he's a great composer. Um, as long as the music is great, you know I'm good. I'm I'll, I'll be here for the ride. Cool. And um, I have what is it? I have one last game. Well, I guess it's more or less of like a combo. Of, right. Yeah. Yeah. So last week I talked about um, you know, Apple Arcade. You know, that was announced during their whole uh, iPhone 11 conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have, if you're in the iOS 13 beta, you can actually go ahead and like jump into Apple Arcade now. So. 
I took the chance to go ahead and do it. If you do it, it's I believe the first month is free. So if you're on iOS, if you're you know have any type of Apple product, I guess newer, not even newer, but like I guess if you run any of the newer updates uh, or firmwares, uh, you should be able to get Apple Arcade. So that's your iPad, iPhone, Apple TV, stuff like that. Uh, try it out. First month is free. And it's a curated list of like handpicked games that come under like this $5 umbrella. So in my mind, think of it like um, what Xbox Live Arcade was. Like that type of like quality of games like summer of arcade specifically yeah like that so imagine so imagine that but like just in a a, a mobile format and even with that like some of the games that i've played um it it feels like more of like any game more or less than a arcade uh, a mobile game so like i'm not i'm not running into ads you're not gonna run into energy crystals you're not gonna run into all of the things that people hate about mobile games. So, you know, like microtransactions, um, having to wait a certain amount of time to do certain actions, like you're not having to worry about that with these games. Right. So yeah, they, they look very indie. I'm looking at like the lists right here. Like there's a list of like, you know, the top 10 launch games that you should definitely play for Apple Arcade. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, looks interesting. Yeah. And then um, I think last week we talked about one of them in particular. They're doing a uh, Choo Choo Rocket. Um, I, I mean, it looks like it's a sequel, like it's a new game. Really? Yeah. So that's that's pretty much what put me on. And you know, I was just looking at some of the other games, and like you said, like all these games sort of have like that indie type of like feel to it. So yeah. I, uh, and not even knowing that people like I, I sort of threw this in a, a chat that I'm in, and I was like, hey guys, like you know, I sort of stumbled across this game. I think it's pretty cool, and it's Sayonara Wild Hearts. They're like, oh yeah, we know about that game already. So I don't know. I um, it's a Sinar Wild Hearts. It's like a, it's sort of like a like a pop. Like, they call it like a pop al- album video game. So it's sort of like think Res meets um, just Res, <laughs> just Res. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Res. And I, I'm I'm enjoying it. Like it's a um, it's a it's a game that you can sort of like just pick up and play. It's uh, like custom written pop soundtracks. You're uh, no, you're normally like running through these levels as uh, you're playing as a, a girl that she's like the main character, and um, she's going through like a breakup or something, right? Something like yeah, something like that. And like they, you're you're, and each level is different. So like one level, she's like skating like on her uh, on a skateboard. Another uh, level, she's like on a motorcycle. Um, I just did a level. She, you know, I jumped on the back of like a a deer or something like that. So they're really trippy levels. Oh yeah, this looks great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like this is definitely the type of game that you definitely have to see. Because it's uh, like what I'm saying right now is doing it no justice, right, really. Right. Yeah, but um, like I said, it's on Apple Arcade. It's actually on the Nintendo Switch and PS4 as well. It's, it's like twelve bucks. It's like twelve bucks, but um, it's cool that uh, it's on Apple Arcade. Like I feel like that's a really solid like launch title for yeah, Apple Arcade. That, this game looks right up my alley. I'm gonna stop everything I'm doing and go play that. <laughs> that, that kind of like 
80s neon kind of aesthetic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of Tron-ish, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm really early in that game. I've only done like a couple levels. I've um and just sort of looking at, you know, the progression of all the levels I'm doing like at the bottom of the screen it, and like at the pace that I'm beating these levels at, like the levels aren't really too long. It's something that you you can like in a like pretty much finish in a sit down session. And you're playing on your phone, right? Yeah, so I'm playing it on my phone. So like I feel like that's why I haven't really finished it because I'm sort of, you know, picking up, playing and then going on with my day so maybe like doing one or two levels at a time so when it comes to games like that the thing that always bothers me is how it controls Mm. Mm, all right so with the all right so with um apple arcade like they're really making an emphasis on the gamepad support so you can connect a bluetooth controller to your device you know so play with you know xbox controller play with a ps4 controller i believe um you could do that but then at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, I'm on my phone, you know, um, so I'm just I'm not going to pull out <laughs> I'm going to pull out like a PS3 controller, PS4 controller out in the middle of nowhere just to play a game. So I'm using the touch controls on a lot of these games. I um, get it two then, years. Yo, switching that. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, I feel like <laughs> if they're going to emphasize gamepad support, then then simultaneously, it should also be at the point where like you you know the, the iphone or, or or what have you whatever mobile device just has a quick little dock like a switch and then you just drop it onto that and then it's on your tv like those game grips for like the um x cloud yeah, yeah i mean like yeah, that yeah. sort of thing it's kind of like well if you're gonna give me like because yeah exactly i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna prop this thing up on a table and play with a controller like it's just not gonna happen yeah you know and and that's what i like about the apple arcade is that if you do have a um like Apple TV and everything like that. Yeah, yeah like everything is cross saved. So like w- right, whatever right. progress you make on your phone, when you get home, you have an Apple TV. Put it up on your Apple TV. You'll continue off wherever you left off. Cool. But I do agree. Like I'd be really dope to just be able to like have a dock to just plug my phone up to it. Yeah. And play it that way. But yeah, Zynar Wild Hearts definitely pick that up. Um, and if you're if you're you know in the Apple ecosystem, definitely look into Apple Arcade. Like it's five dollars a month, um, access to over a hundred games, um, and that's just with them starting. I'm pretty sure that list is going to get bigger and bigger. And like I said, these games are curated, so it's not like we're going to get a bunch of trash to flood the marketplace. It's you know games that they're actually like picking to put on the store. Cool. And are these games, is it like Stadia where you're playing off the server, or are these games you just download and then yeah, you get you just, to keep? Yeah, you just download. Okay, is it a thing where it's like you get to keep them, or is it like, you know, PS Plus where once your subscription goes out, then the game doesn't work even though you actually have it downloaded? Or do you I, mm, I'm not sure about that, but I'm thinking it's going to be like how PlayStation Plus is. Once, once you're not subscribed to it, it'll stop working. Okay, cool. It's yeah. good to know because that's like you know some everybody works a little bit differently. Like all those free games I got on 360, those all still work, you know. But like PlayStation, you know, it did for a while like they were doing that, and then now it's like they switch, they switched it over, you know. Yeah, but you know, I I do enjoy that. You know, five dollars a month that pretty much means like just skip out on some coffee. Yeah, and you know <laughs> you can and five, you can, five bucks a month, and you have something to play on the train anytime. Exactly, and like these yeah. games are like. 
you know, they're games that could, games. yeah, they and they could use the attention too. Like, I, I like that they're kind of getting well, we should. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to say really quickly that, um, the as far as the Sinar Hearts situation in Apple has gone, apparently, this is like we're breaking news. Um, so <laughs> basically, the developers and the publisher, Annapurna Interactive, they actually did not know about their involvement within apple arcade so uh, wow oh yeah so we should definitely come back to that like once we kind of find out more but there the twitter is like the official twitter the dev twitter and the publisher twitter are kind of going off about this right now like as we speak so um maybe not the most kosher thing <laughs> um but yeah we'll, we'll definitely have to come back to that mm, yeah i wonder i wonder how they're they're making money off of that at this point yeah, now one would think yeah, the way Apple does, you know, <laughs> <laughs> through osmosis, really, really well, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that'll, that'll definitely be something that we um we hop back on at a later time. Cool. So, are we talking about these uh, these soundtracks or what? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna jump uh, straight into um, our topic for this week, um, and is it, we sort of talked about it on and off throughout this episode. And that's going to be just music and gaming. Uh, we're going to sort of touch on like how, you know, each of us really feel about, you know, you know, music in gaming. How does like, you know, it affect like our, you know, uh, just like just overall gameplay, like our just our memory of the game. And then we're going to round it off with our, uh, you know, top three tracks or favorite tracks, favorite soundtracks. So um, I sort of want to start off with like, you know, I feel that. Music and gaming, it's pretty big. Uh, I sort of, uh, you know, we put out the um, post on our Instagram saying, hey, guys, you know, let's talk about, you know, wh- you know, what's your favorite soundtracks, why it's your favorite soundtracks, you know, wh- what does music and gaming mean to you? And I've had a couple of, uh, you know, uh, good feedback from people. Talked to one person. They said that um, they play games, but they play games with like they're like with Spotify playing. So they're not necessarily playing, um, not necessarily playing the game for the music. They're playing it for the game. And to me, like if I if I'm playing something like Undertale, like I feel like Undertale really, you know, resonated with me because the soundtrack is you know it's so memorable, it's so good. Um, so that, I don't know, like I feel like a game's music can make or break it for me sometimes. But what about you guys? How do you guys feel about just uh, music and, and, and gaming? Um, well, I have, to, I have to give a shout out to, I was looking up here, the very first game with continuous music playing is Rally X from Namco. Um, Ooh, wow, that's a deep cut. You can find Rally X on just about every Namco museum that they ever release, and they're <laughs> always going to release Namco Museum, rest assured. <laughs> it's, on, it's on Switch right now, literally. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't even know that. I, I was just looking it up. Um, the first game, Rally X. So I, I think music is a very powerful tool on all levels in all forms of media, but in yep. gaming, um, especially for indie and for retro gaming, I think it's it's as important as graphics really because of the limitations of the hardware or because of the the you know the vision of the artist of of the game developers like if it's something kind of simple sound is what carries it you know sound is what made old school metroid 
uh, Metroid 2, like, on Game Boy, that's what made that, like, frightening and scary to me. It was, it was weird. It sounded alien. It sounded strange, you know? Sound is what kept me grooving on, like, Contra, because Contra was a super hard game, but the music keeps you going. It's like, alright, alright, this is like shooting people music. Okay, let's go. Let's see, you know what I mean? Like, it keeps you, it keeps you driven. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's weird because a lot of those games were very abstract with their stories. You know, the, the whole lore of it might have just been in like a manual. So the music kind of told a story um, in its own way. Uh, I, I, I think that goes for all games all the way up to now. Celeste is a great example, like we were talking about earlier. Great music. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think for a long time, music was kind of like the only thing... A lot of people, you know, you know, anyone in the world could probably hum the Super Mario Brothers theme for you, or you know, Tetris or Sonic or whatever. Like everybody knows those. Everybody, everybody even knows Halo, and that's not even that old in the scheme of video games. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, it just goes a really long way to connect sound uh, to the feeling of playing a game, to the visuals, to the memories of playing these games. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's just that for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rod, James, how you guys feel? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I have to echo a lot of what Herb just said. I mean, for me, personally, when I think of, like, the top, the top soundtracks, um, for me, they've always... Uh, they always evoke uh, a, a feel. Whatever the game is or about, um, the the best soundtracks for me has always managed to dredge up those those feelings that I had while playing the game, um, while I'm actually playing it, or if you know I'm searching for a soundtrack on Spotify or YouTube, or I'm listening to the music outside of the game. Which, if I'm listening to your game soundtrack outside of your game, I really fucking like it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's a big thing. So um, yeah, it, it's it's always given me, um, you know, that that feeling. One of the best. I know you guys are already know, like one of my favorite soundtracks of all time uh, in gaming is definitely the Jet Set Radio soundtrack. Uh, both oh, games. Yeah. Um, I mean, those those soundtracks. Hideki Nagamura is a bona fide genius to me, um, and the fact that he not only mixed his own. Uh, compositions uh, but he he used existing songs as well like to to complement uh, his original stuff and they all are like so many of them are funky and fit in even if they're not all hip-hop like they're they're like um, they're pop or funk or something that gives you that feeling of rebellion freedom yes you right the future yeah exactly the future like that's that's exactly what those soundtracks uh, mean in the grand scheme of things whether i'm playing the game or not and that's such a powerful thing and like herb said you know music itself is a tool that is uh is potent like to to any form of, of media so yeah uh what about you james well, just to kind of switch things up a little bit, I definitely have to agree that, you know, the soundtrack to these games are very key to a lot of experiences, especially on the older side of things. But I think about even moving a bit further into the modern type of, of, um, of video games, 
Uh, I think about the, the sports games even and how impactful the soundtracks are have been for not just the game itself but for the careers of some of the musicians yeah. that have been featured on them. Yeah. Like, for my sports fan, everybody remembers the Madden soundtrack and you get like Blink-182 feeling this. Mm. Put me in like a whole different genre of music altogether, I'm like, it leads me down a rabbit hole to discover. Mm-hmm. Or I even think about Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, oh how, yeah. how how legend legendary. Right, legendary and instrumental. Those soundtracks were in just the, the overall gameplay loop. Um, yeah, Tony Hawk kind of got like an entire generation of kids who didn't know punk rock into punk rock. Into punk rock, yeah. It made like, it dope again. Yeah, for real. Like it was like like all of them were good, but those first two Tony Hawks, it was just like all of a sudden. All of a sudden, I wanted to take that CD out out the out the, con- out the console and put it in the car and listen to it. You know? Right. And you could. That was the cool thing. <laughs> right. You could actually go and find them on LimeWire or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was hot back then, and like make your own mixes. Um. But yeah, like even outside of just regular composed music, I even think about um. Sports games obviously benefit from a lot of them. The WWE games where you could like make your own themes. And have yeah. like your own music play to your entrances. It just really sold the the experience that you are that wrestler, and you you're finally living out that dream. Because I mean, well, of course, everybody knows like the Mario's and the Zeldas and Tetris. And, like I can I can play some of the songs in front of my mom, and she'll be like, "Oh, that's so and so," and she one terrible at video games, and two does not play them at all. But um, yeah, man, music is is key to a lot of these experiences from from Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Mario, um, Persona, mm-hmm. God, Persona 5. Mm-hmm. I, got, I actually went and bought that. I want to get a, a vinyl of that soundtrack. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I just, there was a time where I really got away from listening to the music because of the ability to play your own. Like the 360 era, I, mm-hmm. I played a my own stuff over the music all the time like dead rising 3 it was just like cool to put on some some disturbed which i'd find from some of my <laughs> friends and then it's like murder zombies to like ten thousand fists or the sickness or whatever <laughs> and it, it's just like it's really cool to see how those type of things can really come together i i sort of feel like there there was a time where some some games like the music was there but like you said, like certain games, like I guess it, it it sort of adds to it where you could add your own music or listen to your own music. So that was that was a whole thing when the first original Xbox dropped. It was like, wait a minute, you can rip your music CDs to this thing now. That yeah. was like a whole that was like a whole thing. I remember getting games specifically on Xbox just so I could listen to my own. Like, for instance, not that they don't have. I mean, this is. I mean, this has to be said. But the Grand Theft Auto series has. Incredible soundtracks. San Andreas. Oh. Yeah. And then and then on top of that, it was like when they dropped three and Vice City in a single pack on Xbox, and it was like, you can listen to the radio if you want, or you can put your own tracks now. It was just like I was like done, sold. I got it for I think, that. Um no. what was the other game? It was like a uh, a competitor to those. True oh, crime. True crime. Yeah. True crime. They had a very similar feature on there too. My, yeah. my customs will put on like Trillville. <laughs> just ride around LA, just like Christmas, whatever. It was so good. <laughs> All right, Chris, so, what, yeah, what about you, man? 
Yeah. Well, I was gonna say so. Um. So moving on, like, let's go ahead and jump to, I guess, you know, and it's hard to, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's too choose. hard, guys. Yeah, it's, it's hard to choose your favorite soundtrack. It's just, I, I think, Rod, you said this earlier. Um, you could list like a couple, but as soon as we stop talking, or as soon as like you really sit down and think about it, you're like, damn, I completely forgot about this game. I completely forgot about that game. So just know that what we're listing, at least for me. What we're listing here is not going to be like a definitive, all you know, uh, list of you know our favorites. I feel like for me, it's going to be like, you know, my my top three in no order. Um, okay. Like off the top of my head, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I get something that like I can instantly like think of that that type of thing. So you know, I'll I'll start off. Um, I think I oh I I I have to shout out like the original Sonic the Hedgehog games. Like that, the music in those in those games, like yeah. it's as soon as I like I get something where as soon as I can hear it, um, like I know exactly what game it's from, everything. Like it's really good music, um, and it's sort of like it's, it's along that along that lines of like how like Mar- like you said, like everyone knows what you know the Mario theme song sounds like, everyone knows what Green Hill Zone sounds like. So um, that's gonna be it for me. In particular, I want to shout out. Uh, Sonic 3, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, that, you know, combo, um, that, you know, I feel like, I, I think I, I, I spent the most time on the game, so I feel like that's why, you know, that hit so hard for me, um, I think a next game or next franchise I want to shout out is, uh, Persona, uh, so for me, Persona 4 is what got me into the franchise, Persona 4 has a great soundtrack, but Persona 5, by far, like I sort of wish I recorded my like reaction to hearing the first, uh, like hearing the theme song for the battle music for the first time. It gets so good. <laughs> that's my that's my alarm. <laughs> nice, nice. Seriously, <laughs> that's a way to move every morning. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess my last would be um ah oh, man I. I mean, I sort of said it before. Um, I guess it's uh, like an honorable mention, but uh, Streets of Rage is there. Streets of Rage Two in particular. But um, I guess my official three would be Metal Gear Solid. Like that's another Ooh, franchise that yeah. just each game had like you know iconic music. Um, if I if I, I would have to choose my favorite you know you know theme song from a game, it'd either have to be like the original Metal Gear Solid theme song. Or um, from Metal Gear Solid Three, Snake Eater. Snake Eater, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Snake, Snake Eater is Snake pretty Eater good. Just, Snake Eater, that, that song just slaps. Like it's, yeah. it's good. But that's me. What about you guys, uh, Rod? What you got? Oh man, you had to come to me first, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got so, a lot, man. When you're ready, let me know. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's go ahead and go to her first because I'm compiling mine. <laughs> all right, all right. So I've got games, and then I'm gonna talk about producers. Because and composers, I guess. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, without a doubt, Jet Set Radio, absolutely. Um, that those those two soundtracks. I mean, to this day, I have an old buddy that I call up, and when we answer the phone, he's like, "Fly," and I'm like, "Like a butterfly." Like oh. he knows. Like we're on that level, <laughs> you know. Um, I uh, wow. Okay, it's 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 hard to know where to start. Um, uh, so I want to big. I want to give a big shout out first to um, Tetsuya Mizuguchi. Oh yeah, 
Um, this guy is behind Space Channel 5, behind Res, Luminez, Medios, Every Extend Extra, Child of Eden. Um, really just like incredible visionary of video gaming. All of his games involve music in some way. They all are kind of, um, y- you know, surreal music kind of like visual connected games i mean they're the kind of games that like if you play it with some other kind of music you are missing the game yeah i mean music is literally driving the mechanics yeah and and often you're making the music by doing whatever you need to do in the game right um really fantastic stuff also uh yuzo koshiro of course for doing streets of rage um a lot you know it's it's years ago now but what a lot of people don't realize today is that the very first streets of rage was like some of basically the first time in a video game that video game music wasn't really like used if you know what i'm saying like it was the first time where like club music and music that you go out and hear at places where people are dancing and you know um that music was translated into the genesis into this game and it it totally kind of like influenced a lot of future beat makers and producers it changed the whole concept of like, you know, that was the kind of game where like I, I would leave it on in an area where, you know, I, I wouldn't get hit just so I could listen to the music. <laughs> I would go to the sound test just to put it on just to have something while I cleaned the house when I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, um, it was just good. It was just like, like really good. It didn't sound like it didn't sound like chiptune. That's the thing. It sounded like samples. Right. Yeah. And, and that was like the first time I remember hearing like like what sounded like actual music not that not that chiptune you, you know what i'm saying though it felt like actual produced music like you would get on a cassette or on a cd mm-hmm. um so big shouts to him uh i also want to want to bring up uh, kenji yamamoto he is the guy that does uh most of the metroid music um oh yeah almost all of them not the very first one but all the primes zero mission fusion hunters all that um, Metroid Prime just alone, just the very first game alone, that soundtrack like moves me. Like it's like, it makes you feel like you're there. It has, it has great instrumentation, but there's also like organic sound effects, like natural sounds going on in the music that he uses as parts of the beats. Um, it just, just amazing stuff. Uh, I cannot wait for Metroid Prime Four. I don't, I don't care how long it's gonna take. I want it. Um, I also want to give a shout to Ko Otani. Uh, this is the guy that did has done the music for tons and tons of anime, including Gundam Wing, um, Ooh, nice. and Zatch Bell, and Outlaw Star, and a bunch of other anime. I mean, like an endless list of anime. Yeah, yeah. Just, just keep naming all the greats, why don't you? Oh, <laughs> he does the uh, soundtrack to Shadow of the Colossus, and. Um, I have to say, for a game with so much time spent in silence as you explore the land and try to figure out where these huge monsters are to, to kill them, um, when when you come across certain areas or when you actually come across a colossus, like all of a sudden this huge sweeping orchestra like just surrounds the whole scene and it's like breathtaking. It's just like it's it's like something in like a I don't know. It feels like you know, like something, 
some famous white dude with like a wig on who's deaf would have wrote on his piano like 300 years ago or something. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, damn, like, <laughs> I, I've never, I've never been so, um, I, I've always liked classical music, but I feel like the combination of that with a game where you're doing something that, you know, where the action suggests that kind of epicness. Um, it just really complements it really well. There's still tracks to this day. I can't remember all the names of them, but like I downloaded the Shadow of the Colossus soundtrack like when it came out, way back on like whatever service was able to download it on, and have not stopped listening to it. It is amazing. Um, and then uh, that's already a bunch. So two more, two more. Uh, there's a guy named David Wise. Uh, he is the main composer for the company Rare. He has done everything from. Battletoads to Donkey Kong Country to Star Fox to freaking Snake Pass and Ukulele. Um, big, big, like, I'm, I'm such a fan. Like, so many of those songs from Banjo-Kazooie and Diddy Kong and all that N64, that whole time of Rare being on top of the world, like, those just, like, I, I, they're, a lot of times they're silly and they're kind of whimsical, but they were just perfect. It was like, it was like they stole a dude who was making Saturday morning cartoon music and threw him into video games. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. It just, it just those always like big shouts to him. He's still making music. I mean, ukulele, uh, the newest one just came out this year. He's still doing the music for Rare all the way back to 1987. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, as far as um, well, to be honest, this past year. A soundtrack, a video game soundtrack that I have listened to again and again and again. I play it in my car. I play it in the shower. I listened to it yesterday. Is the Messenger? Um, oh, okay. The Messenger is incredible. Uh, it has probably one of the best chiptune soundtracks I've ever heard ever. Um, uh, the game is has equal parts 8-bit and 16-bit visuals and sound. So the soundtrack is a double album where uh, it's on Spotify and everything. You, the whole first half is 8-bit, the whole second half is 16-bit. Um, it's just it's just awesome. It's pulsing, it's driving, it makes you feel like a badass ninja. Um, it, it, it brings back this like feeling, this, this idea that we all have in our minds of the 80s, like that sort of Kung Fury, sort of, you know, kind of like Terminator, kind of just like that feel of like, Everything's in neon, and I have a gun, and I have like no shirt on, and it's the '80s. Like, fuck yeah, you know, like <laughs> what a time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. I don't know what you call that, but that's when I think of the '80s in my mind. It's like everybody had like no shirt and like wild colors, and everybody has like guns and like crazy cars and shit. You know, I don't know. That's not playing cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I'm missing so many. There's so many more out there. Uh, of course, I want to say Third Strike because I think it has the best fighting game soundtrack. Oh, absolutely, yeah. um, absolutely. And 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 that was around the time of Jet Set Radio, where everything was kind of like a lot of video game music was kind of kind of moving into like breakbeat and right. drum and bass yeah. and all that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's so much more. I mean, we could go on forever, but there you go. Those are mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to I want to throw in because I'm already starting to do it. I want to. I guess I want to swap out Metal Gear. This <laughs> guy. <laughs> and I want to put in Undertale because that game has just moved me so much. It's Toby Fox, you're a genius. 
So, who's next? Who's got their list? Uh, James, are you prepared? I, I've got I've got some that can like freestyle. Off the okay. Head. So, yeah. well, I've been trying to think of how I want to do this, and I think I want to try and take this by council because I was thinking generation, but that's too many. So just to give you guys some more time, um, let's start with the first console I ever played, Game Boy. Um, my favorite soundtrack off of the Game Boy goes to Pokemon. Nice. I was going to say Tetris at first, but there was just something about walking out of Pallet Town, walking into Pokemon Center, your first like rival battle even, or just first encounter. There's just so many, like, that's, that's one of those Hallmark soundtracks that everybody yeah. kind of knows. You that dun, 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 dun. like I'm ready. We're gonna go fight. Let's do it. Me and you, like uh, battle our rats. Yeah, let's do it. I'm here. And it's just something about that soundtrack just always stood out. Um, Super Mario Brothers three for the NES. Yes, yes. Love that soundtrack. We played that recently when I was up there in Atlanta for you guys. Had a couple minutes with that, and it just brought back so many memories of sitting in my grandma's house. With nothing else to do, cause like it's grandma's house. <laughs> but just like lock myself into that room playing those games so so many hours and hours and hours. Um, I still miss the little jingle when you die, where it's like bum 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 Right. <laughs> and speaking of death tunes, giving Mario more credit, Super Mario World on the Elms SNES. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Like, that's probably the most famous death song that I could think of. Followed closely by Donkey Kong Country for their soundtrack on there. Probably two of my favorite soundtracks, period. Um jumping up to the 64 Banjo Kazooie. That was gonna be my, my number one. Really? Is, yeah. That's an amazing soundtrack. I still, I'll put that, that soundtrack up right now and just listen to it. I, I think they just did so much fantastic work with just the sounds and how it's all one continual song, yeah. but it'll shift to different instruments depending on the area that you're in. It's like yeah. you dive underwater, you get that, that underwater feel, or you walk over to um Freezy, was it Freezy, Freezy Peak? I think if things get like freeze, a little freeze bit... Freezy. Freezy <laughs> Peak, yeah, something <laughs> like that. And it gets so much like lighter, and you get that wintertime feel, but it's still that same... Doom, 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 just like pushing you through it. I love that soundtrack. God, Banjo Kazooie was so good. Um, let's see. If I were to go for PlayStation, PlayStation's difficult, but I think I would have to get it to Spyro. I wouldn't say it's the best soundtrack out there, but it was just one of the most iconic ones for me in that cool. time of my life. Uh, love Spyro's music. Um,. PlayStation 2. I was gonna go with a with a um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, but then I remember about everything else that came out on PlayStation. And there were so many great soundtracks on there between the Tony Hawk series, Def Jam, Fight from New York, yeah. um, Madden's of that time, um, maybe original soundtracks though. Final Fantasy X. I really enjoyed Final Fantasy X as a game, so that soundtrack stakes with me a lot. Too. Yeah, I mean, Nobu Unimetsu, he just does great work with that series in general. Like, Yeah, and he's been going forever, too. That's another big one. That's yeah. true. He's like, oh. I mean, the dude's like almost 60. I mean, he has like, you know, 18 games under his belt. It's crazy. Yeah. How does he coming up with this stuff? I don't understand. <laughs> um, honorable mention for, Final, for uh, PlayStation 1, Final Fantasy VII, One Winged Angel. 
Yeah. She still like strikes fear sometimes. <laughs> um, I love that. Love that song. Um, let's see. I'm on PlayStation Three now. In that era, hmm. PlayStation Three. Final Fantasy Thirteen. A lot of people didn't like that game, but I really enjoyed the soundtrack to Final Fantasy Thirteen. Cool. Wait. 13, is that, that's the RPG, right? I mean, the online RPG, right? No, that's nope. 14. No, 13. that's 14. Oh, okay. That's 11 and 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 13 oh. is the one with, like, the the 30-hour tutorial that everybody hated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But oh. It was, the music was fun. I buried that to the back of my mind. I remember <laughs> now. I, the thing, I, I remember the Leona Lewis song from that game. Yeah. That, Leona Lewis, what happened to her? Mm. She bled all the way out. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that is that a I just don't understand. Is that a her hit song was called Bleeding Love. Oh, okay. Remember? Like, that is really she hard. She keeps bleeding love. Okay. I was like, her. That is. That was that was savage. That is but I savage. That. My god. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um favorite soundtrack on the Wii. I'm cheating here with Super Smash Bros. Oh, sure, sure. It's it's unfair, but just even their original songs for that game. So good. Like, nobody knew Latin in college, but everybody learned it for that song. <laughs> um, let me see. What system am I on now? I think we're close to current gen, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I think I do have a few. Um, that oh, I'll just... Dreamcast Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> Sonic I Adventure. That, that, that soundtrack actually was pretty good back in the day. Cross 20? Yes! Yeah, I, Pumpkin Hill is actually good today. I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I just played that the other night, so it's fresh in my mind. And yeah. rest assured, there were like many, many laughs by me and in the chat over the lyrics of that song. Oh man, <laughs> Pumpkin Hill is. I will actually defend that today. Like like genuinely, I actually really like that song. And I will even give props to Unknown from uh, from Emmy. Like I actually think that's a really cool. So like the one from one though, the one from two. I don't know what they were doing with that, but but. But the first one is actually kind of solid, and I I enjoy it. Like even if I don't love Sonic Adventure, the game, like ne- today, I will say that they they did right by the soundtrack. Like every single character has like their own style of music. Theme. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciated that. That's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, and and it's kind of like it's it's like a beautiful level of camp because it's like. Like some of it's a little hokey, but they do it in a way that's so earnest that you like you're like, Yeah, man, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> like you get into it too, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I do have some. Uh, I know we're gonna wrap up here shortly. Um, but I wanted to definitely I mean, I don't think any of these lists could be complete without some Mario title on there, and I think you guys have named them already. Um, but definitely Mario. We already talked about Jet Set. Uh Herb, you mentioned Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, that's it's it's classic. I think you put it beautifully. Um a recent one that I think deserves to be in an all time category is Near Automata. Um oh, the yeah. The what they do in that game is really stellar. Um, they actually, uh, one of my favorite things that that any soundtrack can do is weave the narrative themes uh, throughout the actual music itself, um, and that's something that they do consistently with uh, with Nier's soundtrack. Um, there's a lot of orchestral sort of um, uh, kind of choral. Uh, 
singing going on like it's it's very it has a very epic uh, feel to it so when things are super serious you get that vibe when things are a little more playful like when you're in the robot village for the first time like that's it has a kind of like a jovial sort of tone to it like it's it's extremely varied something that i very much appreciate definitely a modern game that has an all-timer soundtrack um and i think halo deserves to be in that conversation we sort of mentioned it earlier but i don't know if we really got into it um marty o'donnell is i think right up there with like a mizuguchi or a yumetsu like i think um like he pioneered uh, i think the what console shooters could sound like um i don't think that there was many other shooters with such uh i don't want to say eclectic but like sort of a very grounded take on um on with this kind of genre behind it so like there's uh obviously everyone knows the monks right like from from the main theme Uh, but he managed to do a ton of other things like uh you know he incorporated drum like heavy drums um in his tracks that you know gave you a very like military style feeling so it felt like you were you were actually doing this but it but just like you were saying with metroid herb it gives it like an alien kind of uh unfamiliar feeling um, that yeah, I was really, scary. really like. Exactly, exactly. Uh, something else I think is really great, and I think the studio puts out fantastic work which, with each and every single game they do, but the, easily the best one is definitely uh, Supergiant with Bastion. Uh, Bastion has, like, top-tier... Soundtrack goodness going on. Um, Darren Korb, I actually have the a CD with Darren Korb's signature on it. Um, nice. Like it is one of my most prized possessions. I love it so much. <laughs> um, what I love about that soundtrack is that you know with Bastion, it's sort of like a, um, a neo western kind of aesthetic to it, and that is prevalent throughout the soundtrack for that game. And uh, you get sort of like some some uh once upon a time and you know uh in the west like kind of clint eastwood sort of uh, vibes with that soundtrack um and and i really appreciate it yeah yeah exactly yeah so um definitely wanted to shout that out really quickly and my personal list would not be complete without the inclusion of phoenix wright i mean the 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 uh, amount of or the lack of dialogue in that game is very apparent. It's a visual novel, so music is literally carrying it. Um, and, and you get no shortage of that at all. As soon as you press the objection button and you are about to call somebody on their shit, that objection theme starts playing. You start, you know, you, you get up, you're like, oh yeah, like, yeah, you're you're fucking lying. And I know exactly how, like, it's just some, some really good, yeah, like you just know that shit's going down um they do a really good job with that and and the one of the things that is special about this soundtrack as well is that it's very it iterates on itself so like as you progress through uh through the series it starts simple like the main theme for the game starts very simple and then maybe in the second game they'll add strings and maybe on the third one they'll add drums and like they they managed to kind of quote unquote modernize the theme with each successive entry it actually kind of reminds me what uh, they have continued to do with the mario games as they progress and i think odyssey was a really good example of that um so yeah phoenix Wright definitely a a plus plus but that's i think on my uh top tier list all right, so 
I have another addition to my list. <laughs> yeah, too, I, have like, I got like five more. All right, so, all right, look, all right, so I, I just I I would completely beat myself up for not mentioning this, but the Destiny franchise, by far, dope soundtrack. Like that's something that like I I still have like the soundtracks. Like I bought the soundtracks on like on Apple Music, and it's something to that like randomly will pop up uh, while I'm working out. And like just the, I feel like it, it, it's just the memories of like going through like the vault of glass all night just to get the helmet that I had six of. I think just memories of stuff like that. I think that's why it, it holds so dear to me. But I just want to throw that in. Destiny, you know, has a really good soundtrack. Um, I also want to throw in. Uh, I can't believe I didn't mention it, but basically pick a Mega Man game and you got a good soundtrack. Oh god damn, I forgot about Mega Man. Mega yes. Man, um <laughs> you know you know, Capcom had a lot of great soundtracks on a lot of different systems and different games, but you know, primarily I think back in the day, I mean it's 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 toe and toe for a lot of people, but I think when I think of like old school retro gaming and music, I think Konami, but in the in you know, in the case of Capcom, Mega Man stands alone. Like, I mean, it, <laughs> fantastic 8-bit soundtracks. And even the newer Mega Mans, even the later ones, the X's and the Legends and all that, um, all of that has been good. Uh, whenever I get a chance, there's a band from Athens, Georgia, um, called Bit Brigade. They come to town uh, a couple times a year. They do some cons, and their whole thing is they... They have a guy on on stage speedrunning a classic game like Mega Man 2 or Metroid or whatever, and they are a metal band, and they play the music and all of the themes and everything in real time as the guy speedruns it. What? Um, that's, that's, dope. that's insane. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, the character selection screen, the game over screen, like the continue, the password screen, like they do all of it as he's doing it. So if he fucks up, then they start this on over again, you know? Um, it's... No uh way. Really, really cool. Go see Bit Brigade if you ever get a chance. Their shows are like fifteen bucks. They almost always play at the Earl. Um, there's a there's a, a couple different bands, you know, around the country doing that sort of thing. But these guys, I have to say, do it really, really well. And even though I'm not like necessarily the biggest metal fan, when you uh, when you hear specifically Mega Man and also Contra in metal form, it's like, wow, this music was like. Wow, this was like how this was written. Like this, this sounds yeah. like what it was. They just couldn't make it sound that way because it was, you know, because of the technology. So they made it. The eight bit kind of took on its own uh, feel, but underneath all that, it's really. I mean, it's fucking metal. <laughs> nice. nice. So, um, so yeah, Mega Man for sure. That whole Man, series. Mega Man Two is your number one video right now. Right on. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Nice. Uh, definitely worth watching. The speedrunners that they get are good. Uh, and do a great job, and there's a lot of little moments in the crowd where people are like bashing their head and like jumping all over the place, and then there's moments where like it's very unlike a normal you know rock concert where you know you're in this little room and everybody's crowded, but everybody's like dead still and just watching, yeah, like just watching the guy like go through it and trying to rock onto the band, but trying not to miss the good parts where he beats the boss in like ten seconds, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's really cool. Anyway, check them out. Mega Man, definitely some of the top soundtracks. I would probably say Mega Man 2 or 3 for me. Very nice choices. Yep. All right, Chris. Uh, Herb's got places yeah. to be. Let's wrap yeah, this up. Yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. So, so with that, you know, we want to thank our guests for being on the show today. Herb, James, um, 
rolling out the red carpet. What you guys got? What you guys have going on? You want to shout out uh, Herb? Uh, so, of course, I am Game Master Herb. I make arcades happen here in Atlanta with a variety of different uh, DJs, artists, vendors, events. Um, you can catch me every Monday with Controller Eyes at the Monday Night Garage. You can catch me on Instagram and Eventbrite under Game Master Herb. Thank you so much for having me on here again. It's awesome to talk about this. I think we could do a 12-hour podcast on video game music. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, yeah. I realized that this discussion... It, we, uh, are, we underestimated it. It's we unfolding. Yeah. <laughs> we got a disc, too. Oh. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you so much. Happy to be on here again. Glad to be back. I look forward to future dates. I look forward to the podcast. I'm glad you're at 30. That's amazing. Keep going. And um, yeah, thank you. And and to to every really truly to every composer out there, to everybody interested in music out there, and also interested in video games, please make sure your games have good music. You know, it might influence a whole new generation. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, James. You got anything going on? Um, you know, catch me with you guys. Um, make sure you <laughs> catch up to the new podcast. We're working on the YouTube channel, trying to get some more videos up on there. Um, hopefully you'll be seeing more of me on that. I'm trying to, I might be doing some Borderlands stuff on there, just to get us some more, like, video content. I'm curious to check out some of these games y'all mentioned here. Um, I haven't played Nier Automata yet, so I'm, I want to see what that's like. I might do a playthrough on that, put that up on the channel. But, um, yeah, catch us on the Instagrams, Facebook. You can find me, uh, Scalade09 on Instagram. That's pretty much what I'm using right now. Scalade09 on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, man, stay tuned. Keep this uh, keep this train rolling. Number thirty. Yeah. This is awesome. All right, and with that, we're gonna round it up for the week. With, with like I said, new season two. You know, we're gonna do things a little differently at the end of the episodes. And uh, we're just gonna wrap it up tonight. <laughs> no list. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, moisturize your ankles. See, I what what I want for you guys is that you know, you know, I. All the stuff that I had, all the lists, all the, you know, life pro tips, positive affirmations. Like, just take that stuff with you. Make sure that, you know, I wasn't saying it just to say it. Like, I've had some people tell me, hey, like, I felt like you were talking to me when you said all that stuff. Good. That's the point. <laughs> so, you know, right now, I'm, I guess I'm going to compose a different list of things to say. Um, if you guys want to throw in some life pro tips for the new list, let me know. I'll throw it in. And, um, you know... That's it. That's another week. That's another episode. I appreciate everybody listening to this grand episode. Episode 30. Loved it. And uh, guys, just stay beastly. Have a good week. Peace. Peace. We love you.